on to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. beginning everybody that's right friday night 10 o'clock p.m my time 11 o'clock p.m for you normal people in the eastern time (laughs) um i know i fucked up today when i did the uh little promo for the show i put 11 o'clock central i fucked up what do you want me to do i drank tequila that's what i did no no it's cool it's 11 o'clock somewhere including right here in philly there you so, go. Uh, fuck it. Everybody um, makes mistakes, but what you, you know, did not make a mistake on is promoting the fact that we are doing planes, trains, and automobiles tonight. That's right. It's you know, I'm I'm looking around and I'm I got a uh, a little Sierra Nevada torpedo pale extra IPA over here. Ah. And uh I can't find a bottle opener in this motherfucker. God damn it. Oh, you know what? Motherfucker, I'm I carry a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Motherfucker <laughs> Yes, this is gonna be a fun uh, episode. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to the movie yet. Mm-hmm. There we go, sir. Taken care of. Bam. Ah, this is why I carry a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. God damn it. Guns, knives, (laughs) 
if we go to war box, I want you on my side. I got the gun here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Our head, folks. No kids. To, no kids. That's why the gun is right beside me tonight. <laughs> got no kids here tonight. So anyway, yes. Planes, trains, automobiles. Um, I'm not sure if words can explain the... Uh, I mean, there's no, not too many, I mean, honestly, the words classic get thrown around a lot when it comes to a lot of things, not just movies, music, what, you know, what have you, but this is one of those movies that, it's a Thanksgiving, it's a holiday movie, it's a tradition uh, on a lot of different channels, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a holiday, it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving time to throw this movie on for you to appreciate this movie, man, Steve Martin. Never ages. Man looks. <laughs> the man always looks the same age to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. He always <laughs> literally and John Candy. Just damn it. Rest damn in it. Peace. I, I wish he was still here, man. Yeah, I, mean, I was. I was actually watching this earlier. Box with tears in my eyes. <laughs> it 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 is one of those movies, man. And the chemistry between these two in this movie is, I mean, second to none. I mean, that, that's what I was saying. I don't think words can put. Uh, you know, words can be, you know, be said that can actually explain the chemistry between these two and this movie. You could just, I don't know, it jumped off the fucking screen. I know that's probably a strange comment, but it did. The chemistry jumped off the screen with these two. I mean, you felt every emotion they were trying to put out there. Uh, you you really felt it. I mean, maybe that's my opinion. I'm a little biased. This may be, this is up there with one of my favorite movies. Uh, oh man, it's just if you, yeah. you know. I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, box, no, no, but no. as far as like you said, being relatable, it is relatable. I mean, it's funny, obviously. It's an, it's a movie, mm-hmm. but uh, just in terms of like the everyday uh, occurrences, annoyances, especially dealing with airports and. Jesus, I mean, just the opening, you know, opening scene of this movie. I, I don't know about you, Box, but I can relate to that when you're trying to get off and you got that boss that just won't <laughs> shut the fuck up. Or when the minute, the one time you got to be somewhere, that's when, oh, you got to be at this meeting or else. Oh, type yeah. Of deal. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and Jesus Christ, you know, I was watching that movie like, yeah, I've been there. I don't know about you, Box, but I've had those moments where it's like, the one day when you got to be somewhere, when you got to get off, that's mm. when everybody wants to fuck up at the job. Yep. Say, you got to be there. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And let's go ahead and, uh, yeah, and, you know, we we said the two main people in this movie were Steve Martin and John Candy. There's a few other, uh, you know, no, uh, Kevin Bacon has a quick cameo in this movie. He is uncredited. But uh, come on, everyone knows it's Kevin Bacon. Um, not too many more big people in this movie. Um, of course, there is uh, one NYPD Blue. Yeah, I was. I was. I was. Be my next question. There um, is one for my weekly dose of NYPD yep, Blue yep, references. Yep. There is one. Richard Hurd played a gentleman in the movie named Walt, and in NYPD Blue, he was a bar owner who Metavoy, Greg Metavoy, uh, ended up working for, and it actually ended up being basically the end of Metavoy. It was the last season. It was season 12, 2004, the last season. So, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, he was in two episodes of NYPD Blue. So there's you go. there we go. We'll just knock that right out of the way, the old NYPD Blue tie-in. Yes. So, 
<laughs> now, let me ask you, Box, you mentioned Kevin Bacon. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. he's well-known. We know who he is. I-, I made an observation. I had it in my notes here. Is it just me, or does Kevin Bacon, whether he's the main protagonist or antagonist in the movie, he just has like a, he just kind of comes off as a douche sometimes. He just has like a certain douche-eating face. Oh, he, he just has. Oh, is yeah. it just me? Oh, no. No, no, He just no, has no, like no. that douchebag face. <laughs> Dude, what? Watch him in Hollow Man. He is the best douchebag in the world. In like, even movie. when he's like the good guy and he's trying to come across as the good guy, he just has like a face that you just sometimes just want to smack the shit out of. He, yeah, he's kind of the he, he's the cocky baby face you want to punch sometimes. <laughs> I mean, he's not seen a level bad, but I don't know. Uh, I was just watching him in that scene. Uh, obviously, uh. Pretty much towards the beginning. Uh, let's might as well jump into it. Yeah, go ahead. Opens up with uh, Steve Martin at the job. He's trying to uh, get to a uh, plane. Well, it leaves at six o'clock on well, the dot out of New York, trying to get to Chicago. And the movie actually. <laughs> l- 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 let's just preference with this. They're in New York City two days before Thanksgiving, and yes. that's really where the movie starts. And go ahead, sorry to just wanted to preference with that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but yeah, New York City, two days before the holidays. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> yeah. The one day he needs to get out on time, his boss, mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. just kind of like calls a meeting. It's about four people there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the boy, he's just like had this blank stare looking at this uh, poster. Like, because obviously Steve Martin works for an advertising firm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it, oh, God, when he leans forward and everybody thinks he's about to open his mouth. Oh he yeah, just needs back. Oh man, and uh, talk about trolling. This is like probably yeah. the earliest form of trolling caught on film, right there. I know, man, it is. And you know, and uh, he he's trying to get back to Chicago because if you're a, you know, this is a John Hughes movie, and if anybody knows John Hughes, all his movies took place in the Chicago, Illinois area. So it's was just how he did it. All of them were in that area, though. So. You know, he loved the Chicago area, obviously, because all of his movies were there. And, um, yeah, I'm actually at that part right now where the guy's about to say something, and Steve Martin's just all intent, waiting, and no. Yeah, that yeah, that was the... Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I mean, that's obviously the movie, and then he is rushing out of the building... And this is where he actually does encounter Kevin Bacon. Obviously, getting a fucking cab in New York City during rush hour. On a Wednesday, on a random Wednesday is a bitch. Shit. <laughs> I, I've I've been to New York two times, and it's not a fun place to be. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. They, uh, you know, he's trying to catch a cab. Him and Kevin Bacon run each other down, and what trips him but a trunk? Yes. <laughs> and this trunk will become very, very usable later in the movie. It uh, yes. it pops up a few times, obviously, in the movie. and uh, Foreshadowing, folks. Foreshadowing, exactly, is what this is. So, um, I don't know. You, uh, I'm actually looking at Kevin Bacon right now, and uh, they're... Hey, look at that face, that douchebag. And I, look, 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 I'm not, <laughs> not shitting on Kevin Bacon, but the whole time I'm looking at him, I'm like... It just dawned on me, like, every movie I see this in, he just always has that shit-eating grin on his face that you just want to, you know, like, the same things, like, if you, 
People always hate Cena. He always has like that shit-eating grin. Mm. Kevin Bacon, go back. I'm telling you, to a person, look at every movie he's in, t- uh, TV show, whatever it is. He always, at some point, has that shitty grin on his face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, he does, man. But you know, he I, I, look. I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of Kevin Bacon. I've seen a ton of his movies. He's great in most of them. Um, uh, oh, right now Steve Martin just actually fell over the trunk, almost gets hit by a cab or a a, a Lincoln, and uh, Kevin Bacon snags the cab. What a douche! And yeah, <laughs> and I love how he kind of gave him like that head nod before he got in the car. Oh, he gave him that, that douchebag "fuck you" salute. You know that little "hey, fuck you, pal." <laughs> Frank. <laughs> but that was uh, yeah, and then you know Steve Martin goes tries to get a cab. Uh, I, I guess we'll use uh, Steve Martin in the movies Neil Page, and uh, you know trying to get a cab. While he's trying to get this cab, trying to buy this cab off of another douchebag New Yorker lawyer, uh, just, this is where we finally see John Candy step in the cab. Um, I will say it, I've probably said it before, but he is one that I miss extremely. One actor I miss. Uh, I didn't realize he passed away in 1994 i honestly thought it was somewhere in the early 2000s but uh i was way off uh i guess that was wishful thinking on my part but um he's one of those if you put like you know a bunch of actors you know maybe five six actors in a bunch and say which one would you bring back he's one of them i would bring back almost every time yeah man i yeah man i don't know uh obviously this movie playing you know not the sidetrack but fuck it it's our show oh yeah we want. But uh, John Candy, you know, he's one of those guys. I won't say he's one of my absolute favorites, but he's one of those guys that I really, uh, once I put on one of his movies, he kind of takes me back to like a, a simpler time in my life, whether it's plane trains and automobiles, another one, Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, another another obscure movie a lot of people don't really uh, give a lot of credit to, but uh, Summer Rental. So, dude, one that, that's a absolutely great movie. I mean, we're going to, fuck it, we're going to review that one, one of these weeks. It's a very obscure movie, mm-hmm. but... Very, very worthwhile movie to uh, seek out if you haven't seen it. Dude, uh, I mean, go back. He was in the Blues Brothers. He oh, was yeah, in yeah. Stripes. He oh, was, he, he was know, great in Stripes. He was that's, great in Splash. He was in Splash with Tom Hanks. Uh, Summer Rental, yeah, like you said, great movie. One Another underrated movie he did was Armed and Dangerous with Meg Ryan. Oh yeah, yep. Another one. Uh, he was a uh, another one that people forget about. Remember Delirious? Delirious, Little Shop of Horrors, Spaceballs, Spaceballs. Come on, uh, Quick One and Home Alone, Only the Lonely, another John Hughes one. Uh, let's see. What well, he was in fucking Cool Runnings, dude. And you know the last movie he actually did that was put out was Canadian Bacon, uh, which was actually put out after he after he had already died. So. Yeah. You know, but, oh, wait, uh, we got I mean, another obscure. It was a cameo, but remember, he was uh, in uh, Career Opportunities. Yes, he was. And, you know, I did not bring up Great Outdoors, but Bot, Bot is right. Holy shit. Bot, Great Outdoors, him and Dan Aykroyd. Another fucking movie where those two have great, great fucking chemistry. But uh, I don't know. John Candy seemed like he could really just get on film with someone, you know, someone funny like him. And just pull it off, and he 
showed it in every movie. You know, I mean, he did a lot of those, you know, buddy movies like like this one. Uh, Armed and Dangerous was basically a buddy movie. You know, uh, even Uncle Buck, I guess you could consider a buddy movie with him and Macaulay Culkin. But anywhere he was, he made it work. And I'm 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 a huge John Candy fan. Another movie he he gets no credit for. People actually laugh at it like it was a joke movie. Who's Harry Crumb? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it was a little weird, but fuck it. it, it, it Oh, no. it, it was it, different, it was but it, in a good way. It was a good different, weird, but a good weird. Uh, yeah, it was very weird. I mean, and it, he was in J, uh, JFK, the movie with um, uh, what's that fucker's name? Uh, uh, Kevin, Costner, Kevin Ke- Costner. Kevin Costner. Thank you. I was just, I was about to say it. I was about to. Yeah, yeah. Look, we cover each other on the show. There you go. Uh, he was in a Hot to Trot. He was the voice of the horse. In oh, the, the movie. Yes. Yep. Yes. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> fucking sue me, but I love that movie. Yep. And in She's Having a Baby, he actually was the same character from Great Outdoors. He was Chet Ripley in that movie, too. So, you know, John Hughes doing his thing and uh, putting characters, but he was obviously one of John Hughes' favorites because he might have been the one that was consistently in a, in in most of his movies. Yeah, and I'm and I'm gonna say it. Um, you know, obviously he's a little bit before my time John Candy mm-hmm. was. Um, but I would say would you say he's like a maybe like a toned down version of what Chris Farley was doing in the movies? Um mm-hmm. like a toned down, like a stripped down like it, it, it's like uh, Chris Farley was calmer. He would be like a John Candy type. I guess he could have been. It maybe if Chris Farley had, you know, didn't take the Belushi route and uh, want to do that. He he probably could have been, and I mean we were reading and I believe we made that I mean, we might have made that um, that comparison when we were watch, when we were doing the Chris Farley show. Uh, I, I think we actually might have, which you can find on YouTube, by the way. Uh, oh, shout out to Bobby Anthony. He's bringing up another throwback here. Uh, Camp Candy. I remember that. Oh shit! Remember that the cartoon. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't on that. Thanks. Uh, shout out to Bobby. Thank you for that. Uh, it, it's not. It's very obscure. I, I can't even remember. It might have ran maybe ten episodes, maybe a season or two. But yeah, fucking Camp Candy. Yeah, I remember yeah, this now. Yeah. Seeing a couple episodes of that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I, I guess we'll jump back into the movie real quick. He does finally get the cab. He does finally get to the airport. Which doesn't matter when he gets to the airport. His flight is already delayed. And uh, this is where he sits across from Del Griffith. Del Griffith. Yep. <laughs> Del Griffith. Showers, shower ring salesman. Del Griffith. And uh, actually, you know, this being the movie that it is, he actually ends up even sitting beside him on the plane due to a problem with his first class ticket. So... This is where, I mean, this movie really could be summed up in, you know, pretty much one sentence. You know, the plot of this movie. Uh, Guy's trying to make it home for Thanksgiving. And, you know, with the help of a slob of a shower curtain salesman. Shower curtain ring salesman. That's really how the movie could go. But this movie's so much more than that, in, in my opinion. Oh, it is. It really, it's a comedy, but it's a drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, as we kind of get into it, obviously, as the movie goes on, 
they don't really, uh, I don't want to say they hate each other. It's just like, they're just like, Steve Martin is like the perfect straight man where he's just like, uh, I can't deal with this dude. But over time, they come to it like a mutual understanding. Like, yeah, he is kind of throwed off. He is kind of weird, but fuck it, he's a good guy. Well, it's kind of like you got the, you know, late 80s yuppie. And, uh, you know, John Candy kind of plays the old kind of broken down, I don't want to say happy-go-lucky because he's obviously very depressed in this movie, but that's sort of the type of guy just kind of, uh, you know, just getting through life. Oh, obviously, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, he, missing someone he loves. I won't completely spoil it, but I'll say that. So, you know, you, know you kind of see it. Who he is, you know, and then as you mentioned, like he's kind of depressed in the movie, which obviously comes out over the course of it. Mm-hmm. He's he's Norm. He's Norm from Cheers. Basically, yeah, um, yeah, he is. Uh, throughout this movie, Neil Page uh, is calling home. His wife is obviously thinking he's having an affair. <laughs> if she only knew what he was going through to get home to her and his kids, um, you know, the, I, I, I think this is a. I think, by the way, that is a young Joey Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. No, I was no, looking, no, 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 no. That is. That uh, like, I know that fucker. From somewhere. No, that is his brother Matthew Lawrence. I am sorry. Yeah, they, they look Joey like Lawrence is in Summer Rental with John Candy. Ah. Complete. Degree, yeah. Re- yeah. So, you know, call back to Summer Rental there, which is a, really is a great fucking movie. That might be another thing we had. I mean, people talk about Six Degrees of fucking uh, Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon, Six Degrees of John Candy with that you one. You probably could with John Candy. He's probably done enough movies you could do that with him, too. I mean, he's and he's been in movies with a lot of fucking people, you know. I mean, between Home Alone and, the, I mean, look, here's Ben Stein. Um, quick thing, by the way, if you look behind Ben Stein in that part where he's actually announcing the flights are canceled, look at the destination. The destination says nowhere. Didn't <laughs> didn't ever catch yeah, that. Yeah, I noticed. You? I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Yep. Go back right behind Ben Stein. The destination is nowhere. Um, Del Griffith in this movie is one of those kind of guys, wheeling, dealing, been traveling around a long time, kind of knows a lot of people wherever he goes, and uh, starts offering Neil kind of, uh, you know, help him out with a room. I'll get you a room. I'll get you a cab. And the cab they take, holy shit. Doobie's cab is badass in this movie. Yeah, this it is. is yeah, <laughs> I mean, dude, he had fucking water hydros on this thing. <laughs> now, uh, I don't know if you noticed, uh, or hopefully you did notice. So, I don't look like an idiot for bringing this up. Did you notice uh, the guy, the, the uh, Doobie guy, him and uh, Steve Martin had a moment? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? I mean, because they didn't really, they didn't really. Obviously, it's one of those. It was like a throwaway scene. But do you think they were going somewhere? That I just think they were showing what a creepy, weird, pervy guy this guy was. That was Larry Hankin, by the way. Um, another, I mean, we talk about a lot of obscure characters. This guy is another one you've seen in a ton of movies and TV shows, mainly TV shows. Uh, Breaking Bad. He was in Billy Madison. He was uh, Carl, who actually ended up taking over the company in Billy Madison. Um, 
it's he was in pain and gain as the pastor that you know started messing with the rock uh, but his stuff goes way back this guy's been in a ton of movies he was even in um what was that van damme movie uh with um what was the plot I could probably figure it out. No, the, 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 he was in jail. He was this, uh, the Sandman. Oh, um, shit. Um, I'm looking for it here. Is it, is it like Legion something? No, 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 no. Hold on. I'll, as soon as I see it, I'm going to be like, how the fuck? I actually like that movie. Actually, and he was in Armed and Dangerous, too, the movie I mentioned. He was actually in that movie. He was in Plain Street. Six Auto Degrees of John Candy. <laughs> telling you man it really does he this guy did a you know death warrant bingo death warrant oh yeah yeah that's right that's that's obscure as you you can get and he was one of the police officers in home alone so this guy has done a ton of shit uh i'm missing a ton of stuff he was actually the neighbor downstairs mr heckles in friends Oh shit! <laughs> and look, I'm not a big Friends fan, but mm-hmm. for some reason that that Mr. Heckles episode <laughs> always gets me whenever it's on. Yep, yep, yep. That's him. That's uh, Larry Hankin. He's just another one of those guys that you're like, oh, I'm not, I've seen him in a ton of things, and you have, and you will for a while coming. But uh... <laughs> we've established that not only does John Hughes like to uh, work in uh, Chicago. I'm sorry, he. Not only did John Hughes like to film in Chicago, he also liked to use like a core group of people. Obviously, he would uh, he was open minded enough to use different people here and there. But for the most part, if he cast you, more than likely, if you didn't fuck with him or piss him off, he would cast you again and again yeah. and again and again. Yeah, he obviously had a core group that he really liked to use, and obviously, like we said a little while ago, John Candy, I believe, being the main person to work with, but. John Candy looks like, and from all accounts that I've ever heard, you know, you never heard about him being, you know, a, a douche, a dick. All you heard about was him being a wonderful person to work with. So, you know, I, I, a, a guy I really wish I could have met would have been him because I, uh, like I said, I'm just a huge fan of his. Pretty much any movie he's done, I've I've seen it or seen at least most of it but uh yeah so you know he uh, I, I guess we'll jump back into the movie one more time you know we say that a lot on this show he uh gets a hotel and oh <laughs> this is where we're probably gonna have to start playing a few scenes in this movie um yes. like right here where they notice they've only got a one bed oh yes 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 yeah that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There you go. One bed. They notice the one bed. They're looking. A cab ride, yeah, yeah, it was a great cab <laughs> Yeah, 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 great cab ride. Uh, this is where some of the uh, most quotable scenes start are right now in my opinion um right after the shower you know obviously the the whole shower thing where you want to take a shower oh well no and he obviously didn't mean with him he meant to you know by themselves yes (laughs) 
Oh but, yeah, uh, man. So I, you know, we're talking about John Candy, but uh, I we, we got to heap just as much praise on Steve Martin, man. That guy, especially at this point, guys like him, Bill Murray, they're they, they're national treasures. You got to appreciate these guys while we still got them. Man. Oh, Steve Martin is a comedic genius. I mean, look at some of the things he's done too. I mean, look, look. look I'll I'll go ahead and pull up his his IMD. Uh, you know, that's IMD. off of memory. I, the jerk. That's one everybody should know. Oh yeah, Bowfinger. Right off memory, I, I'm, I'm not even on the. Yeah, there it is, IMDb. You know, I mean, we can go way back, and Steve Martin has done things since the 1970s. Uh, but you know, he's a staple on fucking uh, SNL. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know, most of the movies people know him for The Jerk, Three Amigos, Roxanne, uh, yeah. L.A. Story, um, Pink Panther. He was yeah. in. Uh, like I said, he was in Bowfinger. Uh, I like him in uh, Bringing Down a House with Queen, Queen Latifah. Yeah, like Parenthood. Uh, was house Sitter with Goldie Hawn. Yeah. <laughs> and he did, that, that, I like that fucking flick. Yeah, and he did the Parenthood. Was it the Parenthood movies or the uh, Cheaper the cheaper by the Dozen movies? I forget. He did both of them. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was both. God damn, he had a great... Yep, Cheaper by the Dozen right here. Bowfinger... Uh, Sergeant Bilko is a guilty pleasure movie of mine. Love that fucking movie. I think it's hilarious. Uh, obviously, he was on 30 Rock a couple times. But, um, you know, he's still doing stuff, and uh, I'm glad because, I, I, I yeah, like you said, I want to see as much Steve Martin as we can get. Oh, uh, and uh, I guess real quick, since I brought up the uh, SNL connection with uh, Steve Martin... I'm looking at uh, John Candy's uh, Wikipedia page here, and an interesting factoid about him in SNL. According to writer-comedian Bob Odenkirk, hope I'm saying that right, (laughs) Candy was reputedly the, quote, most burned potential host of SNL, and that he was asked to host many times, only only to be told no thanks by the SNL staff at the last minute. How fucking insane is that? My God, we could have got more fucking John Candy, which would be excellent, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> they told. I mean, gee, I mean, not to go off on a tangent here, but how the hell? How the hell do you tell John Candy? Uh, yeah, no thanks. You know, we don't think you're right for the role. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're not big enough right now. Jesus Christ, man, that guy. I don't know. I, I, I've I've boasted about John Candy enough tonight. I'm not going to keep boring people with it. But uh, oh, they, that's why they come to this show box. They want these random factoids. I, I mean, know. we're obviously getting into the movie, but we're kind of like making we're staying on track. We're staying. We are. We're we talking are. about these stars of the movie, John Candy and Steve Martin. I know. I know. But let's um get back uh, to the flick here. Well, yeah. Let's go ahead, because I mean, like I said, I could put over John Candy for hours. I could talk about so many of his movies, but um, this is where the movie starts getting very buddy-like, very quotable, very good. Uh, the beginning of the movie basically tells the whole story of how the whole movie's gonna go, and uh, this first little argument they have really puts a lot of both characters out there on how they came to be like why they are the way they are right exactly it 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 basically is a backstory without being a backstory because obviously you get Dell's backstory way later in the movie 
But this is sort of a backstory type argument. Matter of fact, I can. Uh, I wonder how long that whole scene is. Who cares? It's about maybe two minutes. If you, unless you just want to play uh, his little speech that he gives on. Yeah, here. Give me a second here. I'll wait till he jumps up, and then yeah, because that speech. I mean, that's one of the. It's so. And then John Candy's reaction to his, you know, tirade. I guess you could say. Damn near that was stuff, here. Man. I mean, I, I mean that speech, man. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, man, where you it, it really kind of you know showed the uh, versatility. Not like I said, not I'll take I'll give you a break from uh, putting John Candy over, and I'll say <laughs> that scene showed his versatility because it's one thing to be the funny guy in the movie, but it's another thing to be able to flip a switch and make people go, "Damn, that was deep," and and that's and that's what he did. I mean, because this movie is very it has a very it has a lot of absurd moments, but he flipped the switch and it was just like, yeah, that's how you know, man. You don't really see talent like that too much these days where guys can go from heel to baby face, so to speak, and make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here you go. I'll do this. Why? Why? If I don't clear my sinuses, I'll snore all night. Gee, if your kid spills his milk, what do you do, slap him in the head? What? What? What, what is that supposed to mean? We'll pause a little bit in between it. You're not a very tolerant person. You've been under my skin since New York. Maybe. Starting with ripping off my cab. God, you're a tight ass. How'd you like a mouthful of teeth? Oh, and hostile, too. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. That's borderline criminal. Screw you. You spill beer all over the bed. You smoke. You, you, you mess up the bathroom. Well, who let you stay in the room? I even let you pay for it so you wouldn't feel like an intruder. Uh, uh, real quick, I'm going to pause it just so we don't, uh, you know, use up too much of it. But, um... You know, think about this. This is something that you – this is the argument you would have with, like, a friend that you've never traveled with and you find out what a fucking slobby is when you travel with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. That bathroom scene, I, I do got to oh. rant on it. That pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I mean, because I don't know, man. I, you know, thank God I've never had to deal with that. But that would just irritate the fuck out of me, especially when you travel with someone. That's why sometimes it's best to just say, look, there's separate rooms. Unless you're with a female, well, they get your own fucking room. Well, they couldn't, and that was the part of the movie. They couldn't get separate rooms. It was the last yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it as a rule. Oh, that I know, shit, you I know. know. Oh, by the way. Fuck, uh, he used every fucking available towel and rag. Shout out tequila for you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Let's uh, play some more of those clips. Okay, yeah. But you most certainly are. Oh, oh, I'm an intruder. Yes, you're an intruder. I was having a perfectly nice trip until you walked into my life. I walked into your life. Who was that who talked my ear off on the plane? Who was that? I'm curious. Well, who told you to book a room? I did, out of the goodness of my dumb old heart. Boy, you're an ungrateful jackass. Well, go ahead. Sleep in the lobby. See if I care. I hope you wake up so stiff you can't even move. You're no saint. You got a free cab. You got a free room. Hey, Someone Bob, who Bob, listens to your boring story. Done. I just wanted to say uh, real quick. Pipe bomb. Continue. Yeah, there you go. Stories. <laughs> I mean, didn't you, didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking, eventually I started reading the vomit bag? Didn't that give you some sort of clue, like, hey, maybe this guy's not enjoying it? You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are, that are funny or, or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. <laughs> I hate to say, but that's a really funny line. This was obviously meant to be serious yet 
you know, let's keep the comedy going a little bit. But uh, again, you know, Steve Martin, imagine these two sitting there with cameras everywhere having to do this part and, I don't know, just having to sit there and yell at each other like they did and then, you know, cut. Okay, guys. Great. (laughs) What? Oh. (laughs) But I don't know. Just here we go. They're not even amusing accidentally. (laughs) Honey, I'd I'd like you to meet Del Griffith. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, and here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. (sighs) I I, I could tolerate any any insurance seminar. For days, I could sit there and listen to them go on and on with a big smile on my face. They'd say, how can you stand it? And I'd say, because I've been with Del Griffith. I can take anything. You know what they'd say? They'd say, I know what you mean. The shower curtain ring guy. Whoa. It's, it's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. I expect you to have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. And, you know, real quick, just again to cut this off for a couple seconds. John Candy doesn't say a word for this whole rant, but if you look at his face, he's acting so incredibly by just showing how much this is hurting him uh you know just in his facial expressions just he look he, it's just so ama- just incredible how great he was man so back to it sorry Except i wouldn't pull it out and snap it back you would and by the way you know when you're when you're telling these little stories here's a good idea have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. And usually you do feel bad as soon as it's over. That's the second where you're just going, ah, fuck. What did I just do? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think he would have felt bad if Candy didn't give his speech. Yeah, I think which... this kind of would put it over the top because you got to figure this is the holidays. He mm-hmm. was already stressed because of uh, missing his flight due to the whole work situation, mm-hmm. trying to get a cab. So it was basically one of those days where it was just everything was just one thing after the other after the other. Yeah. And we've all had those moments where everything just kind of spills out mm-hmm. where like you're pissed, where like a, a bunch of uh, unfortunate events happen during the course of your day. And like the slight, the last thing is like that little small thing is the one thing that sets you off. Yeah, exactly. And you, blow, I mean, you'll blow up at the fucking uh, the uh, fucking uh, guy at McDonald's for mm-hmm. motherfucker. Why you forget my fucking uh, apple pie or my fries or whatever the fuck? Yeah, the case may be. yeah. But uh, you know, like I like we said earlier, John Candy's response to this really makes this scene takes it, exactly. puts a nice yeah. little bow on it, and makes this scene. I'll, I I know I'm I'm a dude, but it makes this scene just beautiful. Really does, man. So here we go. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. 
I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. And that pretty much right there distinguished the two characters. You know, one, like I said before, kind of the tight-ass yuppie of the late 80s. And the other guy is just, uh, what you see is what you get, like he just said. And that's basically the two characters they play, and play incredible throughout the whole movie. So, you know, and even, you know, he... Even at the end of that, John Candy jumps in bed and he gives the little the little look over his shoulder like, well, what are you going to do now? Are you going to leave? And uh, <laughs> Steve Martin jumps back into bed and everything's just fine. But yeah. uh, just... And, uh, and, you know, just to you know, add to that, this was like a necessary scene, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I don't know if you'll agree, Box, but this was a necessary scene. Oh, absolutely. Because without the scene... John Candy, not John Candy, the person I was, but the character he played, you'd be like, yeah, this guy is annoying. This guy does, he is, he does burn your ass. He does, like, you just want Steve Martin to choke the fuck out of him. Right. But in- by having that scene, by giving him that kind of, like, backstory, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, it's like, yeah, he can, he can be annoying, but yeah, like, come on, get a poor, poor bastard a break. He doesn't mean, he doesn't mean to come across as annoying. He's just trying to be a friendly guy. Yeah, he's trying to be, he's trying to put out good karma. He is. He's he's trying to be nice. Some people are over nice to the point where they're annoying. I hate to say, my brother in law can do that, dude. He's sometimes he, it's just okay, dude. Back off, back the fuck off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our second shoot interview of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he knows this. He knows this about himself. But um, back in the movie, they do get robbed. Of their money, which just makes their trip even harder. But this next scene, obviously, a scene that I don't think anybody will forget. If you've ever seen Planes, Trades, and Automobiles, this next scene coming up uh, is memorable, to say the least. Uh, I'll play it for you just in a minute here. I'm actually just letting it naturally come up here, and it will in a minute. And obviously the... God, I love that John Hughes music. Very 80s. Very peppy, always old style. I'll probably get kicked off of the song, so give me a second here. I guess real quick while you're waiting for that, I wanted to bring up something here. Go ahead. Uh, John Hughes, Mm -hmm. obviously very prolific director. Uh, and another guy that I wish was still around. We lost him in uh, 2009. Uh, do you think, maybe not on his level, but do you ever think, do you ever see somebody coming along the pipe that'll be as prolific as he is where he, they'll just put out, because John Hughes, it just seemed like for like a 10 year, a good 10 year stretch where he just was putting out movies after movie after movie, that, and not just movies for the sake of movies, but movies that you fucking remember that stand the test of time. You can compare a couple guys to John Hughes. I can I compare Tarantino is sort of like John Hughes uses the same characters um you know, throughout a lot of his movies. A lot of the characters return in his movies as the character they played in other movies. 
he kind of makes that you know kind of you know flow with his movies um even adam sandler is another guy who does the same sort of thing same characters in his movies you know you can sort of compare them in that way but I mean, you're not going to get these kind of movies anymore. John Hughes was very unique in the way he wrote, and um, yeah. obviously, a lot of his movies were, you know, rom coms, which is the, that's what they're called now, romantic comedies. Yeah. And uh, that was his thing. I mean, Breakfast Club really was a romantic comedy. Weird Science technically was a romantic comedy. And uh, yeah, let me ask you because I was actually I'm a nerd like this, but uh. I actually have a DVD copy somewhere at my house of uh, Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. And on one day, for shits and giggles, I actually listened to it. I actually watched the movie like uh, while listening with, with the uh, commentary track on it. And it was uh, Judd Nelson and Anthony Michael Hall, mm-hmm. of all people. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a nice, they had like a nice discussion. And uh, almost every person to a T said that John Hughes had an ability, uh, just like an uncanny ability to write to, write for kids and not have it be condescending. Like in terms of like that, like that young teenager that's going through shit, and it's like, it, you know, like nowadays uh, that movie comes out, it's like it's very pandering. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is how kids they, they treat them, kind of like second class citizens. They don't treat them like people. Right. Do you think? That, would you agree that John Hughes definitely had that knack for knowing how to write for kids, but not like talking down to them, but like treating them as equals and almost well, like yeah, that their opinions mattered on things. Because most of his stories are stories from his own life. I mean, this this movie kind of happened to him. You realize that, right? Explain. Uh, give me two seconds here. I know what you're going for. I'm just... Well, I want us to add content discussion to the show. But I, I know what you're saying. Like, John Hughes like, actually did get stuck in an airport. Um... And he was trying to get back to... I have the whole thing here. I'm trying to find it. But he did actually get stuck in an airport. And it took him five fucking days to get home. Wow. I did not know this. Wow, that's fucked up. Yeah, I'm trying to find it real quick here. The Marathon C. Neal's house. Steve Martin was John Hughes in an interview... Uh, shot over. I saw it in the beginning here. At, while he wrote the screenplay for this movie in three fucking days. The first draft. Boss. Wow. Yeah, man, yeah. Man. It, it's a shame, man. We, we, you know, like I said, you know, not, not to be that guy, but I don't think we're ever going to see in our lifetimes like that kind of talent, man. It just... That kind of prolific talent. I mean, think about it. We're sitting here. We've been said. We've said over eighty times at this point. This movie's a classic. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. He wrote this flick in three fucking days. Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's 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 fucking amazing. Yeah, I forget where it is, but he actually did. He actually did miss a plane, and for five days it took him to get back. God damn it! I'm echoing in your computer. Hold on. Here we go. John Hughes in an interview. Uh, it was actually about the those aren't pillows. 
uh, scene, which I'm about to actually play, said he was inspired to write the film's story after an actual flight from New York to Chicago he was on diverted to Wichita, thus taking him five days to get home. Wow. Was it during the holidays? It doesn't really say. doesn't say, but this true inspiration to write a film is always going to give you... I mean, you know, the truth is always the easiest thing to write about. So, obviously, this... uh, He's not... I guess he didn't flat out say it happened to him, but... Yes. It's about this scene, so... Here you go, and I will play this wonderful scene. Oh. Oh. Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Alright, one of the best scenes, and of course they shake it off with sports. Yes, and we also got that trailer. I don't know if you noticed. I, I noticed, like, the the strangest things. But Steve Martin, that little deal he did when he got out of bed, like, that, like, disgusted face, like, with his hands and all that kind of stuff. To shake it off. That's, yeah, that, that's almost like a trademark of Steve Martin's. I don't know if you noticed that, but mm-hmm. whenever he's, like, disgusted or just something, like, freaks him out, he'll always do that little, like, little hand thing in, like, mm-hmm. his movies. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Yeah, he's kind of got that little freak out uh, shake, but... um you know, again, the, and you know, next scene in the movie, they found out they were robbed when they're trying to pay for uh, for breakfast, and uh, you know, they blame each other. Another argument ensues between them, but uh, obviously, it's going to be even tougher for them to get back now because now they've got no money. Uh, Neil does have some credit cards. Uh, John Candy, not so much. Uh, <laughs> now we go to another scene where they are trying to get home by train, and Gus's wow. son comes to pick him up. Owen. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, real quick, uh, you know we're go gonna ahead. get to that in a minute, but uh, the scene when they realize that they got robbed, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're at the restaurant, and obviously they go to pay for the meal, and they realize they don't have any money. I, I did it kind of like so even by nineteen eighty standards. Who in the fuck walks around with over seven hundred dollars in cash, dude? That, that, that even by nineteen eighty standards, I'm like, that's it. Wow. Yeah, that's like having five grand on you back then. But um, I don't know, man. Where the fuck was he going? <laughs> but uh, credit cards weren't as. I mean, you obviously there were credit cards back then, but they weren't like. I mean, there weren't ATMs. You didn't have this, you know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah you didn't Probably have ATM. You didn't have that check debit shit back then. Yeah, there was no debit, no ATM. The, I mean, and ATMs back then weren't even close to as easy as they were um, now and hard to find. I'm, I'm sure there were ATMs in 87, but they weren't everywhere. Uh, you know, it was just one of those things. You, you, ca- People carried cash in the 80s, man. It's what you did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shit. I'm I'm trying to hold on to that tradition because I, you know, unless it's like an emergency, I don't really like to use my card. But 
I, that just kind of blew my mind. Even fucking uh, John Candy saying, "I had I got two hundred sixty three dollars in there. If it's a, if it's a dollar over, you can call me a thief. Mm-hmm. Fucking count it, count it." That scene cracked me up. Yeah, exactly. Two hundred sixty three dollars. Yeah, yeah, and 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 this next scene is fucking great too, where they have to ride with the with Gus's son, who. Is a little weird. Yes, he said. He, I loved when he looked to, at his wife, a small little lady holding a baby. And no, no, you guys put that down. Y'all put that uh, heavy case down. You get your lazy ass out of here. There you go. <laughs> Train don't run out of Wichita. Hold on a sec. I'll play it right. Oh, now. That's what they find out. That they I, gotta... I ain't gonna let you pass that scene box. I won't. I won't. I'm almost at it here. <laughs> just about there. That'll be fine. I think that'll, that'll be just fine. Leave it be. Get your lazy behind out here and put that trunk up in the back. Oh, no, no, the work, we've got it. It's very heavy. She don't mind. She's short and skinny, but she's strong. Her first baby? Come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. Isn't that something? You're a real trooper. She's a real trooper. <laughs> that, I love that line. Yeah. She's and a that scene was so funny, but it, you know, you know, I guess like to uh, piggyback off of what we talked about this past Wednesday on THC and uh, last week on the show, do you think a scene like that, as comical as it was, would get picked apart today? That might not. You think you think you you you, you think the uh, social justice world would uh, take a break and like show the world that they actually have a sense of humor about some things? Oh, I'm sure somebody would be offended by it. There would be, I'm sure, everyone's, I mean, people are offended by everything now. Although, ask them exactly what they're offended about, they can't exactly tell you. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure they would be very, there's, I'm sure, but I don't, a part like that could get by. It's not like he slapped her or threw her or downed her or anything. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but it, nonetheless, it, it was a funny scene, though. <laughs> well, well, they were making women look strong in that scene, so it might be acceptable today. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not like they they didn't uh, define her by her uh, gender. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we get into the movie a little more after that trip. They finally get to a train, and they're not able to sit together. So, you know, if you've never seen the movie, you might think, oh, well, he's going to get home, and this is only a 30-minute movie. No. No. It's not. No. No. No, it just keeps getting better and better from here. I mean, this movie is basically, uh, this movie is kind of like Home Alone, if you think about it. It really is. It's basically, I mean, it's, it's someone trying to get home. There's just a different yeah. reason oh, yeah. for them to get home. Yeah, and it's all and honestly, like you might think that, um, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how to word this right now. But like, yeah, you, you're right. The Home Alone comparison is kind of like spot on, but it's one of those situations where, as absurd as it is, it's very much relatable. Maybe mm-hmm. not to the degree that they go through it in the movie, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that watch this movie year after year after year. I can relate to that. I've been in that situation where I'm trying to get there. You know, I may 
not wind up with a psycho next like uh, John Candy following me every step of the way. But I've been there where I'm trying to get all. I'm trying to make this flight. And something always happens to slow me the fuck down. It's like you, every time I try to get home, the one time I need to get home or I want to get home, that's when everything goes wrong. It's like you got to take this really bad shit, right? And you're yeah. driving home. Oh, and you hit every red light. Oh, every yeah. stop sign, there's four cars in front of you and five old people. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? <laughs> Every car you get behind is doing 10 miles an hour below the speed limit. And you're sweating because you got a shit. Yeah. That's what it's like. Every time you turn around, something happens. That's what this movie is, one of those movies. He thinks he's getting off, you know, getting out of there and going to be done with this guy in home. No. Train breaks down and he ends up helping helping out Dell carrying his case. Oh. And they're right back together again. And uh, another, once again, another bit of uh, continuity. Like I said, I'm I'm big on continuity, and people actually, and I actually that directors that actually pay attention to detail. When he's like all happy, if you notice, when he's he's happy go lucky about getting rid of Dell, right? Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They show him on the fucking train being the chatty caddy that he accused him of being. So in other words, that you could kind of tell, like he was like, that's where it's said in like. I do miss the guy, mm-hmm. and he was talking. He was sitting next to the chick who she was just trying to read her magazine, like how he was in the beginning. Yep, trying to read his paper, didn't want to be bothered, just trying to be in his own little box. Yep, that my friend is continuity and character development. Yep, you know what? I never even caught that till just now. You said that, but yeah, that's one hundred percent accurate. There, one hundred percent accurate. I never thought of it that way. Um. Now, since the train is broken down, they have to walk and jump on a bus. Planes, trains, and automobiles, people. We've already hit a couple of them. We are now with the automobile part of it. Uh, <laughs> this gets really funny. Um, the bus trip. They're sitting there. A couple is making out beside them, and Neil gets busted looking at them. I mean, they're right yeah. on his fucking got the line. guy's line. Like, I mean, obviously, it's it's like a line that you hear fucking nonstop nowadays. But yeah. For, for the eighties, it was fucking priceless. Yeah, it was. Picture, it'll last longer. Yeah, why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. But yeah, it was. And you know, and Dell. Here you go. Here, 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 here. Why don't you take a picture to last longer? There you go. And Dell. <laughs> you got busted. <laughs> Now, Bob, I guess since we're talking about that scene, have you ever been around people like that? Like the obnoxious couple that's in love and can't keep their fucking hands off each other for five minutes? Yes. Yes, and I've been the third wheel. And you literally want to choke them both and just leave. Or you just want to leave, at least. You're like, yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, um. Or like, you just want to yell, like, I get it. You're fucking. Yeah. (laughs) Like,. Yeah. Let me fuck her. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, right, yes. but uh, another scene, where, obviously, on the bus where they're uh, coming up with songs. Neil is coming up with weird, preppy, guppy songs. And Dell being kind of the everyman is what Dell kind of is. He's kind of the, the, the average guy's guy. You know, singing Flintstones, songs everybody knows, and, you know... 
Everybody knows the Flintstone song. Just songs everybody knows. Yes. So you know, and 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 that is, I I, I just didn't even realize that. But yeah, Dell is kind of the the every guy, the average guy, the average Joe. Yeah. But uh, right after that, uh, uh, one of another one of the best scenes in this movie where Dell is selling his shower curtain rings as earrings. Yeah, and I and honestly, look, you know, you know, he's a salesman, but honestly, there's a certain charm. Like when I was watching him, like do the go through that scene and where he's selling his stuff and all that kind of stuff, I didn't get the sense that he was a he wasn't like your stereotypical shuckster or huckster type of salesman where he's just like trying to make a buck. I mean, obviously, he was in a, a life or death situation trying to make that money to get home, mm-hmm. but. You got the sense that underneath it all, he was a good guy. That like, he genuinely likes people. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and, and you can kind of see how like he's a successful. Because obviously, look, what do they tell you? To be a salesman, you have to be a good talker, and you have to you have you have to be good with people. You have to be a very good people person. To be, you cannot work in sales and have poor people skills. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's tough. Sales is very tough now, and. Um... Trust me, it's what it's. I'm in it, and it's really tough when you hate people. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously, if you, hate, if you hate people, you shouldn't work in in sales or customer service. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I obviously don't hate all people, but truth, I, uh, there's a lot of really sh- shitty human beings out there. Yeah, and. It, uh, it, it, it. I, 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 I really I don't like a lot of people. But, you know, I can God, I hope none of my customers listen to this. I can uh, <laughs> Wait, is he talking about me? Huh? I mean, all my current customers I love and that's why I deal with them. But um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's put that disclaimer out there. Uh Boxman, yes. he loves his customers. I love my current. Oh, my current customers are one, and my customers I'm about to get are even better. Even yeah, yeah, better. yeah. He's talking about customers from about four or five years ago, folks. Yeah, absolutely. These are people from Florida. I don't even live there anymore. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, people are just there. There's just a lot of shitty human beings out there. And, you know, sales used to be great. Sales used to be something people would buy because they liked you. Now they buy for one reason and one reason only. You're cheaper than the other guy. Exactly. They, I mean, yep, you, know, you yep. know, like I said, I have, I've worked in, I've dabbled in sales, and it's, it's, a, it's a thankless job. But uh, I, I, I guess, like I said, back in the day, like, for example, with sales, you had door-to-door salesmen, vacuum cleaning. Remember how the people would come to your doors and sell, like, fucking volumes of fucking encyclopedias you don't see that anymore why because everybody does shit online well we or like you said if something's cheaper yeah that, that, that's the main yeah. selling point for people it, it doesn't matter if it's a quality product it's hey if, it, if, if you sell if you sell uh something for a dollar 98 versus the guy over here selling for a dollar 99 i'll buy it from you guy i'll buy it from you because you you're saving me a penny. You're keeping that extra penny in my pocket. Listen, if you see gas across the street for a dollar cheaper, or I'm sorry, a penny cheaper, you're going to go across the street and get it for a penny cheaper. Not realizing that you're only saving like $2. Yeah. 
box. I'm in Philly, and let me let me tell you, let me tell you some. You know how like the uh, gas goes up every year, especially around the holidays. Oh yeah, yeah, it goes up, right? Mm-hmm. They, 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 I know people that literally like when the, whenever the gas will go up because uh, over here, obviously in Philly, Jersey is is a neighboring state. Mm-hmm. People would literally cross the bridge, fill up their tanks, and come back week in and week out, week Damn. in and week out. Just, but I mean, I mean. The price was like it, it was a it was a good deal on gas. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it, it's just insane to me that people would go through the expense of paying tolls forwards and backwards just to say, like you said, two three bucks on gas a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even you know, I see Shaheen's in the chat. What's up, Shaheen? He's even saying fuck a penny. He's rather better customer service. You're a rare person, dude. Most people don't. They want to save the penny. Because, I mean, let's face it, 90% of the time, all you do is fill up and get the fuck out of there. Most people don't even go in and get a drink anymore. Yeah. They put their card in, they fill up, and they leave. I don't know. Do you guys have a lot of, like, full-service stations up there, or is that a New York-Boston yeah. thing? Yeah. You know, we have a lot of full-service. You do? We don't have any. Now, let me ask you, Box, because this, this is not really a fill. This is a Jersey thing. In Jersey, you're not allowed to get out of your car. They actually fill up your tanks for you. Is right. it like that in Texas for you? No, 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 no. We have no full service stations here. None. I have never seen a full unless you're handicapped. Shaheen is saying that you guys don't have full service there. Yeah, yeah. Two seconds after I said it, I realized we don't. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's I, a Jersey. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you did say, yeah, that's Jersey more than us. So. Yeah, I um, Boston has them though too. Boston also has full service stations. Like I, I've got a lot of family there, so I that that I do know. We've got none here that I've seen. Unless you're handicapped, get the fuck out of your car. It's rain, snow, sleet, ice. Fuck you. Yep. Fuck you. So, yeah. Yeah, we we don't have any of that here. You get the fuck out. You get the fuck out and get your goddamn gas. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I there's a few full service stations in Florida. Matter of fact, I worked at one uh, when I did oil changes. That's it was a full service station. You could not every tank, but there was two pumps you could pull up to, and if you did, you got full service. And I'll tell you what, the gas was fifteen cents more expensive, dude. Yeah, wow, that that's insane, man. I sure. Yeah, but I don't really see them much anymore. I'm I'm used to getting my own gas. I always have, but I know if you were in, you know, Boston and I, obviously New Jersey. I don't know about. Uh, Bots like rep in North Carolina. Never seen a full service station. But um, <laughs> he, he probably hasn't. But I I do remember back in North Carolina when I lived in Raleigh, there was a couple still left, and that was early '80s, late '80s, and there was still a few left there, but not I many. Mean, I mean, full service. I I guess depending on your perspective, it could be nice, but it just seems kind of douchey, like to have somebody like if you're you know able bodied to get out of your own car. To get your own gas, it just seems kind of douchey to kind of be the asshole sitting in the car while some poor schmuck is. Can I get your gas, sir? Can I yeah. get your gas, master? I mean, it just seems douchey to me. Yeah, wash my window, fuckhead. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you know, Florida. I can. See, I understand why certain a few stations have it, 
most of the stations are in Boca. Boca is known for being, let's face it, I'll I'll say it. Boca is a town of old people. <laughs> it is, dude. You, have you ever heard of Century Village? Yeah. yeah, honestly, no, no. I'm just saying the way you said Boca, it reminded me because actually, uh, yeah, I'm a Sopranos fan. It's actually an episode specifically named Boca. Yeah, the whole episode Boca. Yeah, and they, <laughs> I think a couple times they were in Boca Raton, I believe, down there. Yeah. But um, you know, Boca Raton is down there, and it's full of you know the elderly people, and it's a very rich town, and you can have a, a full service station, but it's more to serve the elderly than it is to serve the rich pieces of shit who pull up in their fucking Ferraris. Believe it yeah, or not. Yeah, no, yeah, the elderly, like I said, I get that. Like, children, women, old people, yes, mm-hmm. I, I, I can totally understand that. Yep. But it, but, but it, if, if you're a fucking grown-ass man, 20s, 30s, in shape, strong, healthy, fuck you, pump your own shit. <laughs> oh, and you would have them pull up because we had a very highfalutin, snooty gym on the same parking lot as us. Right. It was actually a really cool gym. It was all glass in the front. So if you happen to work near it and if you happen to have binoculars. You got a good show. Yeah, it was pretty nice every now and then. Not you, saved, you saved a lot of quarters on that one, didn't you, Bob? Not that we had binoculars <laughs> at the gas station or anything, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know. But, um, you know, so, yeah, that that was always a plus. But you always had these rich douchebags. And I'm not lying. They were always in. You'd have Lamborghinis pulling up there. You'd have the the Ferraris, the Porsches, the Corvettes. The, and 90% of the Corvettes that pulled up there were a bleach blonde stripper. <laughs> I don't know why in Boca Raton, Corvettes belong to strippers. It's just the way it is in Florida, but uh, well, a lot of chicken daddies in Florida, I would imagine. A lot of people <laughs> I, retired from Florida, so yeah, they saving money on taxes, so why not? Yeah, yeah. So them, it's always some bleach blonde, skinny, giant tits, and you know she's usually playing a Def Leppard song when she pulls up. Uh, you know, but uh, <laughs> pour some sugar on me. You know, and she's pulling up to the tank. Yeah, 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 I understand. You're thinking about your fucking dance song in your head, but uh, you know that that's usually what would pull up there, though. Mainly women and rich guys, because once a week we all had to work the the full service part. Yeah, where you work that gimmick? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, it sucked. It sucked. Believe it or not, the elderly people would tip you more than the rich pieces of shit and the women. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but yeah, it's always good to tip, especially like when you work in the customer service industry, because like that's what you're working for. Mm-hmm. That's what these people work for, and it's almost like you know when you say you know like the elderly people was tipped. It. In a situation like that, I almost wouldn't want to take that money because a lot of obviously, if you're elderly, you're working on, you're living off a of fixed income as is. Yeah. So it's almost like you kind of feel like, eh. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's fucked up. Meanwhile, the rich piece of shit keeping yeah. any money. They they can't even get, they can't even bother to give you a fucking dime. Yeah. While yeah, fucking uh, uh, what, what was the girl's name? One. What was the uh, Aunt B? Aunt B is giving you her fucking last dollar that that she yeah. might have for the week. Yeah, you know, I always 
used to think there's a reason those douche, those rich douchebags are rich douchebags because they've kept every fucking penny they've had since they were fucking six years old. <laughs> you know, and they don't. That's why some of them are rich douchebags. They've just kept every fucking penny they have. But uh, you're welcome, Bod. Yes, now you know what kind of car they'll be looking for in Florida. Corvette. Stripper hunting. <laughs> Not mostly yellow Corvettes are a tip-off in Florida. That uh, if you see a blonde driving a yellow Corvette, follow her around uh, five thirty, six o'clock. She'll be going to work. Yeah, see, boxy. Look, um, this is like <laughs> off uh, going off on a separate tangent, but I think uh, you, me, and a, and a couple of people from the we need to do like a a, a bus trip down to florida you need you need to like be in charge of that man like you just kind of give people like tips you can be like the perfect wingman in florida mm. perfect i don't know man a lot of my places are gone now that i used to hang out down there the strip bars are he's writing your shit down now there you go the strip bars are still there the booby trap diamond dolls cheetah scarlets they're all still there but uh a lot of the other places i used to go were gone gone my favorite bar burnt down. I actually watched it on YouTube burning down. Uh, uh, damn, that must have been a sad day. Yeah, was it, it was. a strip club? No, no. It was called Krabby Jacks. It was um, right in Deerfield Beach. It was right behind my favorite house that I lived in, walking distance. Oh. I would walk to the bar. Uh, many times I had a cop threaten to give me a DUI and I'm like, fuck you. I'm walking home anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, that cop hated me. There was one night I got into a little brawl there and he was, he was so happy to try to take me to jail, but, uh, I snuck out before he got me. So <laughs> <laughs> I was home before that motherfucker could even break out the cuffs, dude. <laughs> That was a tequila night too, by the way. That was a fucking tequila night too, man. So you know it happens. Wow. It happens. Nah, they, they, actually, I believe I told the story. That was the night I told both the guys to get the fuck out of the car and I'd kick both their asses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One of yeah, yeah. That, that was actually a good story. One day we're going to do like a <laughs> a, a, a it's an old school boxman show where you just mm. kind of talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about, life experience. Do like a round table because you've had a fun life, my friend. I have done some of the dumbest stuff. And, you know, a lot of it I'm really happy didn't have. Like if both those dudes, they were bigger than me, both of them, I would have had a hard fucking time. But uh, I would have done it if I had to, man. I would have fucking done it if I had to. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I said both of y'all get the fuck out of the car. I'll fucking kick both your asses. But they didn't. Luckily, they took off. They knew I was just drunk. I probably would have got my ass kicked. But you never know. They might have been drunker than me, and they might have been fucking wimps. So you never know. I guess we should. But yeah, we need. To... I guess the night we do, uh, we do the conspiracy show. We can do that. We'll just do a talking shit night. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun, man. Like, seriously, like, this is what people tune in for. Oh, uh, and real quick, you know, I guess since we're on uh, entitlement people, entitled bullshit issues. Yeah, I saw this. Go ahead. Go ahead, say it. Mention it. I'm saying Shaheen posted something here on the page that, uh, yeah, and I saw this myself. 
that it, it was a dude on uh, Solomon Monsters page that set up a GoFundMe to uh, go to Survivor Series NXT, and like he, myself included, people ripped him a new ass. <laughs> I personally, I'm on Solomon Monsters page, and I per, I make it my mission not to let that shit die because he he literally set up a GoFundMe page. You know, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, but I'm I'm a student right now, and I can't you know make my ends meet. But I'm trying to go to Survivor Series and NXT, and you good people can make my dream come true. It's my dream to go to a WWE live event because I've never been to one live. Fuck that guy. What a piece of shit. Get a job. Get a fucking job. Work for the things you want. I'm going to Mania next year in Florida, coincidentally. Uh, Boxman, you're back. Yeah, I'm actually I'm going to Florida for Mania next year. So hopefully you can make it out because you're going to be my tour guy because you would know all of the happening spots down there in Orlando. Well, that's Orlando. That was about three hours from me. Um, you want a happening spot in Orlando? Go to Epcot. That's all I know. Epcot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I kind of said my piece on that the uh, GoFundMe kid. Fuck him. I don't know if he wanted to add to that. You know what the bad thing about that is? That's not the first one I've seen. You serious? Yep. I've seen four or five on different groups. For fucking wrestling? For people trying to get to all... Some people are doing it for WrestleMania already. I've seen two or three already people trying to do GoFundMes for WrestleMania. You know... (laughs) Jeez, he want to buy him a ticket just so he can whoop his ass. And and by the way, speaking of... uh, Speaking of WrestleMania, we mentioned something Wednesday on the uh, wrestling show about Brandon Dassey from uh, Making a Murderer. That, that this can kind of tie into both shows, and say you know we 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 talk movies on this show, and uh, that is Making a Murderer on Netflix. Yeah, and um, looks like there was a problem. He is not being released right now. So what the fuck happened. I didn't read the whole article. I just saw it, and uh, honestly, I've been running around today. I had to go a couple hours out of the way and do some shit. I didn't have time to read it. I think I saved it. I don't want to read it right now, obviously. It'll be boring, but I know he is not getting out of jail as of right now, so more to come on this story as I get it. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. But yeah, but, uh, I guess we're actually, uh, uh, the movie's actually winding now, so I guess let's just wrap this up real quick, and then we can just get back to the uh, random bullshit. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's we're over halfway through. I do want to do one scene in this movie that is beautiful. When he goes to get the rental car, <laughs> and it's not there. Now, little interesting part about this scene I do want to tell you. Um, Let me get to it real quick. Give me two seconds here. That scene... Hold on one sec. I I was filling my electronic cigarette as I was talking. I probably shouldn't have been doing that right there. Uh, Multitasker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that. Give me two seconds here, and I'll find that part. But uh, the uh, first of all, when they're flying and they're in the storm, right? Uh, that scene 
when they first leave and are leaving New York, going to Chicago. Uh-huh. That scene is actually from the movie Airplane. Wait a minute. Oh, shit, you're It is you're actually right. from the 1980 movie Airplane. That is actually. So that scene, that little scene right there is from that. It's pretty fucking cool, I always thought. Um, actually pretty insane. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was too. Um, that scene, let me see, there's a, god damn, I can't see, uh, I had all these, I I had all these in order and now I can't do it. The marathon car rental scene is, this scene I'm about to play is exactly one minute long from the time he realizes, uh, his car is not there and starts his tirade to the time the, uh, he ends it with the attendant. In that 60 seconds that I'm about to play, the word fucking is used eight times. And this is the only scene it's in, so get ready. Here we go. attendant which the attendant is the teacher uh the assistant the principal assistant from Ferris Bueller's Day Off Ferris Bueller's Day Off you got Edie it McClure. and many other movies so here we go Welcome to Marathon may I help you Yes How may I help you You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fucked. (laughs) Oh, that's a great... Now, she's obviously... Straight out of Chicago. That that woman. Or Wisconsin. I'm not sure which. Um, but that's another great... I mean, who doesn't remember that fucking scene? Look at it. I'm even saying fucking now. Fucking um, fuck. Fucking believable. 18 times. Wow. Fucking fuck. But that is one great fucking scene right there. 
But that takes you to another scene where Steve Martin is still in his tirade. And um, once again, he tried to shake Dell. They were in a restaurant. He even tried to tell him, let's separate, split up, go our own way. This man cannot shake Dell. Um, I guess I can play this scene too, can't I? What the fuck? Yes. Who cares? If it ends up on YouTube, it doesn't. Whatever. I want you to try the airline. It's a lot faster and you get a free meal. If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak. <laughs> now, are you going to help me or are you going to stand there like a slab of meat with mittens? Boom! Knocks him out. He falls down and almost gets hit by a car. Guess who, of course, is driving the car? John Candy. Of course. Now, Bob, let me ask you something. What? You're a parent. I am. Okay, now, that scene with the uh, fucking 18 Mm -hmm. times, Mm -hmm. okay? Only time it's used in the movie. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a a rule in film where, uh, whether even for whether it's PG or PG-13, you can use... They give you like a certain allowance for fucking using that word, right? As long as you're not referring to the actual act of fucking, right? Okay. Now, as a parent, would you have a problem with this scene if you took your kid to see it? Because it's not one of those. I mean, parent, planes, trains, and automobiles is really not one of those movies that a parent really has to worry about their kid watching. Mm. It's a safe movie, but would you kind of like Actually, be concerned about the whole fucking aspect of it? Well. <laughs> Even in 1987, as liberal as a time as it was, this movie was still rated R. Oh, yeah, that's right. This movie was still a rated R movie in 1987. And so, yeah, I mean, this is... I mean, yeah, I would probably still let my kids watch this movie. It's one scene, and you can explain to them it's all for comedy. They're saying bad words because it's funny in this scene and in this situation and, you know. They're adults. I don't want to hear you exactly. saying it. Listen, if you, explain the, the, if you explain things to your children, it's amazing what they actually know and realize and can pick up and can distinguish the fact that, oh, this is just a movie. People just don't give their kids enough credit to be able to comprehend things. I probably talk to my kid like adults and I shouldn't but in the long run I feel it's going to help them so yeah I'll explain to my my kid that this is one part in the movie mainly that's one of the you know that's probably what gave this movie an R rating was that one scene yeah cuz I up until you said that I actually forgot this is cuz I don't look at this movie and think gee this is this is vulgar this is R rated material I don't think of it so I actually forgot I actually forgot about the fact that this mm-hmm. was rated R because yep. when you watch it, it, it doesn't even come. It, it, it barely comes across as PG thirteen, much less R. It it really doesn't. I mean, you have a couple of scenes, you have a few words, but using the F word eighteen times in one scene is going to get you. And they didn't have. I don't think they had you know NC seventeen or anything back then. So it was going to get you R rating. And I don't, I'm not even quite sure there was PG-13 back in 1987. There may have been, but I, yeah, whatever. I was, I was only 12 years old, so what the fuck did I know? Yeah. You know. Remember, I, I, I don't know, I, they might still do it from time to time, but, uh, remember the green, remember the Red Band, uh, trailers that they used to do? Mm-hmm. 
where you knew if it was if it was a red because I remember going to the movies a lot growing up. Yeah, the green ones, which were the safe ones. Mm-hmm. You saw that red one, boy. You knew you was gonna get some uh, extra heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, show it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I guess let's keep going with the movie because this is. I mean, uh, uh, this movie has so many. It just went from memorable scene to memorable scene to memorable scene to memorable scene. I mean, the scene where they're driving, you know, they finally get a car. They're driving back from St. Louis. And, you know, they're in the car. They're talking. They're arguing. And they end up wrecking the car. They're actually, they actually end up going the wrong way. How many people haven't? How many times have you heard someone just go, "You're going the wrong way"? That's uh, they're getting it from this movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, and this is—I mean, this whole—I really wish this was a movie I could play the whole thing because I could laugh and joke and talk about every single quote and scene in this movie. Uh, you know, this car trip with those two are. Absolutely, uh, once again, just shows the level of chemistry these two have is off the fucking charts. Yeah. They're, you know, great in the car together. They end up getting into an accident because they're going the wrong way. Uh, and the car catches on fire. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, come, you said we keep man up that chemistry. And, I, you know, I made the Farley comparison. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, Chris Farley had David Spade. Do you think that had John Candy lived, just based off the strength of planes, trains, and automobiles, that him and Steve Martin would have did more together? Because, like, looking back, I don't think they did a whole lot of movies together in terms of, like, their buddy. I mean, they might have appeared in movies together, but I don't think, outside of this, they didn't really do a lot together. No, they didn't do a lot. They they didn't do a lot together, and I'm not sure what they still would have. Again, John Candy was the kind of guy that really could get chemistry with a lot of different people. Obviously, him and Dan Aykroyd might have had the best chemistry out of his, you know... I believe he did more movies with Dan Aykroyd than he did with probably most, mostly anybody. I mean, him and Dan Aykroyd were in Blues Brothers. Him and Dan Aykroyd were in Great Outdoors together. Um, what else did they do together? I'm gonna look up his IMDb. Give me one second here. Yeah, I've got IMDb open, but I'm watching the movie and watching Del Griffith do the mess around. You know, and the car catches on fire because uh, he throws a cigarette out the front window. And it ends up going in the back window. Problem smokers have it can actually happen. That's the weird thing about that. <laughs> that can happen. Um. But uh, after they get into an accident, the goddamn car catches on fire. So let's see. What would you do if they... T- if I, what would I do if I told my kids it was for comedy and they said, Dad, I fucking know. I would high-five them and send them to their fucking room. How's that? All right. <laughs> There's my answer for you. Um... But yeah, the car catches on fire, and this is another little downturn for him where uh, Steve Martin is rip shit at uh, John Candy for doing that, getting the car on fire. He also finds out that John Candy not only 
set the car on fire, but borrowed his credit card, quote unquote, borrowed. Uh, he didn't know how it ended up in his wallet. Obviously, how it ended up in his wallet, the first hotel they were at, the guy accidentally switched the two silver cards, gave him the wrong card. So that was how it ended up in his wallet. He got the rental car. So now the rental car is in Neil's name. Uh, and again, it goes from one classic scene to another because, you know, this is where you find out a little more about Del Griffith. Uh, they don't want to stay in the same room. Del doesn't have the money or a nice watch. And Dell is actually out in the car, and he's sort of talking to himself, uh, but he's not. He's actually talking to his wife, and this is where you kind of start questioning what's going on in the movie. Um, and you can see the, you know, eh, I wouldn't say the depression, but he knows what kind of person he is. He knows he can be annoying. And he thinks he completely fucked up and lost yet another person he cares about. So I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and play it here. Well, Marie, once again, my dear, you are as right as rain. I am, without a doubt, the biggest pain in the butt that ever came down the pike. I meet someone whose company I really enjoy. What do I do? I go overboard. I smother the poor soul. I cause him more trouble than he has a right to. God, I got a big mouth. <sighs> How am I ever going to wake up? So there you go. There's Dell kind of self-reflecting. Uh, you know, he, he he knows what kind of guy he is. He obviously strives to be just a nice, good person and obviously knows he goes overboard sometimes. Yes. You He's know? more self-aware than like 98% of the people that you'll meet in, in uh, today's world. He is. He is. And, uh, you know, obviously this, once again, I'm going to say it again, epic scene to epic scene. Because this is where they start drinking. Uh, Neil does eventually invite him back in the room. And they start drinking. And they're drinking minis. Little mini bottles. And, uh, you know, John Candy's doing a Jamaican accent. And, you know, they're saying, you know, they're going to Jamaica, this and that. But um, just another great, great scene. I guess I can play a little bit of it here. Give me a second here. You've been in Italy? You had amaretto? I had amaretto and this is a gin. What gin? Give me that. Is there a tequila there? <clears throat> a tequila! Tequila? There you go. Come on up. Oh. Is this a good combo or what? No, probably not. Me, I'm going back to uh, Jamaica. Jamaica, man. Go to Jamaica. Have some rum, man. Dig it. Irie, Irie, man. <laughs> oh, shit. <sighs> That's that. You know and um, another part in this movie where Neil brings up something uh, to Dell, and you see his face again. 
And, um, you know, basically he says, you know, at the very, at the least, at the very least in life, you have someone old or someone you love to grow old with. And you see it in his face again, uh, pain. Again, John Candy with just a face can act, uh, you know, uh, just amazing how a little face of his can actually spark, you know, emotion in a person. But uh, I guess that was a gift John Candy had. And yeah, uh, man, yeah, like you know, you know, like the best actors, at least for, for my money, they, they they without even opening their mouths. That's how you know somebody's mm-hmm. a good actor. You know, facial expressions. Like I'm gonna, you know, you with the NYPD blue. I'm gonna go to my favorite reference point, Goodfellas. Remember the scene where fucking, uh, I guess like towards the end, like where uh, Henry Hill was starting to like lose it, uh-huh. and like he he knew like De Niro was gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. No, it it was a scene where they did like a close up. They did like a, a fucking like a that like zoom in camera shot, and you just had the scene with De Niro with the uh, cigarette when they was uh, going to do the Latanza heist. Yeah, he had the gray hair. And like without even saying a fucking word, you just knew, yeah. It, it was. I mean, Denier. I mean, Denier was another guy that he just has that knack for just with a look. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 was... he can just pull you in. Mm-hmm. Like, like he can tell. Like, there's those scenes where he's trying to be funny. He can, he can uh, pull off a funny look. Or like when you know when Denier's like, yeah, don't fuck with me right now. <laughs> he has yeah. like that don't fuck with me look on his face all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that scene you're talking about, I mean. He's... Blowing smoke out his nose, and he just and with gives the that, music, all oh, the music, the mu- and he gives that little I'm a nerd look, for that type of stuff. Yeah, he gives that little look up in the camera, and you're like, oh, they're all fucking dead, dead. <laughs> you knew at least Maury was dead. Oh, um, yeah, that was, but he does—he had it coming. Yeah, he was annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was. He 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 was he was way worse than Dell. Um. But again, even after that scene, we get another... God damn, this movie is just fucking great scene after great scene. That That's what makes this movie so quick to go through, is that it's just good scene after good scene. Before you know it, you're like, holy fuck, the movie's almost over. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Real quick, you know, um, did you want to hear a little bit of an interesting trivia on some unfinished projects that uh, John Candy didn't get to complete, unfortunately? Yeah, go ahead. Let me see here. Candy was in talks to portray Ignatius J. Riley in a now-shelled film adaption of John Kennedy's John Kennedy Tools Pulitzer Prize-winning novel, A Confederacy of Dunces. He even expressed interest in playing a took in a uh, film adaption of Mordecai Richler's The Incomparable Atuk, and he was supposed to play uh, Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle in a biopic based on the silent, com- silent film comedian's life. Right. These three shell projects have been referred to as, quote, cursed because John Candy, John Belushi, and Chris Farley were each attached to all three film roles, and they all died at early ages before they could make any of those films. Well, John Candy wasn't, like, super young like the other two. Well, he was 43. I I consider that young. <laughs> young, yes, but, well, well, he, well uh, he was a big guy, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. Not even trying to be funny here. He was, you know. And you know, if 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 you go back to, you know, if you see him in, say, summer rental. Yeah. 
and then go to great outdoors, you could yeah. see a good hundred pound difference. Yeah, at least fifty, maybe a hundred pound difference. And then you go to you know like Uncle like Buck. like who's Harry Crumb, and you're like, holy shit. And another movie, did, you know, wasn't he in? What was that fucking weird ass movie with um Tom Hanks? Nothing but trouble. Or was that Chevy Chase? Was he in that? Might have been. Here, hold on. I'll get to him in just a second here. Let me get out of Steve Martin. Then I'll jump back to Mr. Candy. Let me see. Nothing but trouble? Yeah, I can't remember who was in there. It was either Chevy Chase or uh, Tom Hanks. It might have been Chevy Chase. Nothing but trouble. John Candy was in it. And it was him and Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yep. Dan Aykroyd again. I remember this movie. Dan Aykroyd again. Yep. Yeah. That's that's an, that's another guy that doesn't get talked about too much, but he's fucking hilarious. Oh, dude, I could talk Dan Aykroyd for days. Him and Chevy Chase did some amazing movies back in the day. <laughs> do you kind of like in high, you know? I guess like maybe because we live in like an overly PC world, but do you when you look back at like original Saturday Night Live? Do you miss like the original douchebag himself, Chevy Chase, on uh, the Weekend News updates? I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. <laughs> Here and there, I don't know. He was douchey. He's just. He really turned out to be a douchey guy in his old age. But I don't know. Um, let's get back to this because we're almost done here. And this goes to another. Like I was saying, a great scene to great scene where they're in the car. The car is burnt to shit, barely running, no mirrors, no gauges, but they are happy as shit, singing in the road. And they're just singing, driving around. They don't know how fast they're going. They don't know anything. But, uh, you know, after all they've been through, they're having a great time finally. And, um, you know, it really does, these guys really went through, Yeah, they went through a lifetime of bullshit in two days. Yeah. You know, uh, finally they do get a ride home, and it's on a uh, tractor trailer. They have to ride in the back of a reefer truck. They call those reefer trucks. No, I don't mean weed. I mean refrigerated trucks. So he was in the back of a, they, they, Got home in the back of a reefer truck. And um, once again, this movie takes a little bit of a turn. They separate. And uh, as they separate, there's a great little montage of uh, things they had been through through the movie that Neil is thinking of. Obviously, Steve Martin's character. Where, you know, there he already misses this guy. Yeah. Is basically what they're trying to tell you, you know. For for just a second after they pull away at the train station, he takes a breath of fresh air like, holy fuck, I'm finally away from this guy. Yet, just a few minutes later, basically he's thinking about all the good times they had and kind of gets a look on his face like he's already missing the guy. But he does run into him. And we do find out that Dell really doesn't have a home. And his wife passed eight years ago. 
And, um, you know, basically he's the lonely, talkative salesman because he's got nobody. He misses his wife, and he's got no one else but his – no one and nothing else but his job. Yeah. So – you know, this is a very touching movie. It's got a lot of parts. Yes, it's a very funny movie, but it's also Teaching got its that. dramatic, tear-jerking parts like this. Um, and, you know, basically, Neil decides to... This walk-home part right here, which I'll just kind of turn down a little low and play it. But uh, this little walk-home part right here, where they're both walking down the street with the case in their hand, the big trunk in their hand... And uh, Neil walks up to his house, and he's you know knocks on the door, and his kids answer the door. Again, a very touching part. But uh, as he's introducing them to his family, once again, you know his wife thought he was cheating, and immediately begins to calm down. But like I said, John Candy has that ability to act without even saying a word. He just has that smile on his face that tells how happy he is to be around some loving people, you know, with a family again. So, I don't know, man. One of my favorite movies, I didn't, I don't know, if, uh, it is considered a Thanksgiving movie, but um, I mean, I'm not 100% sure it's got a complete Thanksgiving movie feel, but uh, definitely a holiday movie. To yeah, watch. definitely, especially this time of the year. We're going to see it in the next few days. A lot of people are probably going to have their own travel issues, trying to fly out of town, mm-hmm. flying into town. Maybe not to this extent, but you know, holidays coming up. It it, de- it definitely kind of makes you kind of like puts things in perspective. Cause like I said, it is a funny movie, it is a comedy. But those scenes, man, where I can't remember what I was watching, but it was a guy. That was, I guess, like similar to John Candy, where he's lonely. He didn't really have anything going on with his life. And a telemarketer of all people calls him. Now, anybody that's ever dealt with one of those sales calls or trying to uh, sell you something, trying to get you to extend your phone service or whatever, you can't get them fuckers off the phone fast enough. Mm -mm. He winds up with a long-ass conversation. And you think he's, like, talking to a chick or something like that? And then the, the punchline of it was... Well, I well, I'm currently I'm not I'm not really satisfied with my uh, uh phone cut my long distance carrier oh. and, and, and it was the opposite they were trying to get him off the fucking phone yeah exactly because <laughs> he was trying because he was just a lonely dude he was like anybody any human connection that he could get he was just like trying to hold on to it like the plague wow man but Jeez. I mean see I mean it was funny but it, it like when you really stop and think about that that's kind of sad like if you got people in your life even if they get on your fucking nerves. You got to learn how to appreciate it because there's people out there that wish they had people to get on their nerves. Yeah. Well, let's do our usual before we uh, get too far past that. Let's go into some of the uh, the trivia, the funny parts of the, the, the not-so-known parts of the movie. Uh, no transportation company actually wanted to appear inept or deficient in any way. So Cruz had to rent 20 miles of train track, refurbish old railroad cars, construct a, construct a set that looked like an airline terminal, and design a rent-a-car company logo and uniforms, and rent 250 cars for that rent-a-car sequence that we saw. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
By the way, this was John Candy's favorite film that he did. Wow. Um, Another reason why you're going to put it <laughs> pretty soon. Like, I guess after you hear that box, uh, basically, now we're going to go through a weekly John Candy and <laughs> NYPD Blue reference. <laughs> uh, the NYPD Blue one is much easier for me. Um, uh, let's see here. Neil's house. The set of Neil's house was also built from scratch. Cost a hundred thousand dollars angered the hell out of paramount and caused a lot of turmoil on the set with paramount um cheap bastards that, oh that, 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 that hundred thousand i mean to us that's a lot of money but the paramount that was probably a fucking drop in a bucket now here's a real interesting fact for you john hughes shot over six hundred thousand feet that's a hundred and eighty thousand meters of film almost twice the industry average, the rumored three-hour version of this movie does exist, although it's not in order. Um, it's basically a mess of footage would take months to go through um, to actually transform it into a film. It is locked away in a Paramount vault, and according to John Hughes, most of it had probably deteriorated at the point when he was even doing the interview for that. Uh, so, uh, at the beginning of the movie, Neil Page races a character played by Kevin Bacon for a taxi. Uh, the scene where he's calling his wife from the first airport, you hear a movie playing in the background. That movie is She's Having a Baby. And the argument in the background, uh, that is a John Hughes movie, by the way. The argument in the background is between Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth McGovern. Wow. So, again, continuity. This man understands it and has it. Yes. Uh, again, this movie, I've said it before, he wrote the first draft of the screenplay in three days. Fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Fucking amazing. Yep, and then did about 20-some rewrites, it says. Uh, I'm trying to get some, you know, not so... Many of the highway scenes were actually filmed on a stretch of unopened highway of US-219. At the time it was unopened, it is now, runs between Buffalo and Springville, New York. Okay. I'm just trying to see if we got any more here that are really... um, and you know this 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 was one movie that actually got incredible reviews by Siskel and Ebert back then. One scene not included in the movie but featured in the trailer shows Dell in the bathroom of the first motel. Uh, him and S- Steve Martin are staying in. In the scene, he does, among other things, an impersonation of Elvis Presley, in which he sings into the hairbrush. God, I wish we got that. Yeah, who knows? Well, I don't know. Obviously, you know, we just went over the scene where it's like it's a three-hour movie version of the movie that exists, but some of the footage is deteriorated. Mm-hmm. If, if they're able to clean, you know, because with the technology now, I mean, they can clean up damn near anything if they really wanted to and restore it. Right. Would you Would you have any kind of interest in seeing that movie? In, in other words, John, I mean, obviously John Hughes isn't around to put it together the way he would have wanted it to have it come out a certain way. Do you think... They could possibly piece it together and and make something of it with the footage that they have in existence, or no? I guess they could, but 
again. Because nowadays you, they're, they're making fucking remakes, so you got to figure at some point if they get desperate enough, that footage will see the light of day. Yeah, I hope to God that there's no remake of this movie. It's too much of a. This movie's a staple for a lot of people for Thanksgiving. Uh, I do not want that. I don't want a remake. I don't. I hope they don't ever do anything. The three-hour film. Would I mean like? Do you have any interest in seeing that? I would pro- look. I'd watch it. Of course, I would. I'm not sure what I would think of it, but uh, I don't know. It could be great. I think the movie, the way it is right now, is perfect length. I think perfect. maybe three hours, and I think that's probably why John Hughes probably shortened it to like an hour and a half. Like he probably said, "We got to cut some of this shit down because it might it might have been dragging in certain parts." A lot of because when you hear like when you, if you listen to like commentary tracks and like when they do interviews about the movie, you'll always hear them say, "Well, they cut certain things out because yeah, it might have been a funny scene." But it doesn't really add to the overall story or what we were going for, so we just cut it because it didn't. It didn't really add to much. It didn't add to much beyond just being funny for yeah. the sake of being funny. Yeah, there you go. Smart's right. That's exactly what it would end up being. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Two thousand seventeen, starring Ashton Kutcher and Kevin James. That's exactly what it would end up being. It would be horrible. It would not <laughs> be good. And you know what? I hate to say, but they'll probably end up redoing it within the next few years. Ironically enough, and you know, once again, I don't want to make this too depressing, but honestly, if they really wanted to, if they were still around to do it, obviously they're they're you know the guy's deceased now, but they could have probably pulled off a remake with Farley and uh, David Spade. I think. Yeah, I think they could. If you're going to try to remake it, those are the only two that I could think of that could come close to pulling it off and having like that same kind of chemistry on camera that uh, Steve Martin and uh, John Candy had. Yeah, they probably could have. Real quick, and we'll kind of uh, go into some other stuff after this. I've got uh, 23 reasons Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is the best Thanksgiving movie ever. We'll blow through these real quick. Drinking minis in a motel room has never looked so fun. Uh, It brings up the I like me, my wife likes me as probably being most people's daily affirmation. (laughs) Uh, because you're going the wrong way is still the funniest phrase of all time. The car accident sequence has been burned into your brain for the rest of time. I, that's that, that accident where he, you know, he looks over at John Candy and he's dressed as the devil is just (laughs) great. Uh, now that you're older, you can relate to the scene where he's screaming, at the uh, marathon rent-a-car lady, very much. Yes. Uh, Del Griffith is the suavest shower curtain ring salesman in the world. Really is. <laughs> yep, they bring up Kevin Bacon as being the coolest guy in the movie. Uh, <laughs> we learn Del's dogs were really barking on the plane when he took his shoes off. He said, man, my dogs are really barking today. No scene embodies New York City life more than... A, then uh, Neil chasing a cab through New York City um, because every day the the scene where he's uh, jumping around uh, right after he finds out the car isn't there is how we deal with rental car company. I didn't realize a lot of these were visual. Well, let me th- ask you a real quick, Bob. Oh, fuck that scene where he's chasing the cab down? Mm-hmm. 
that's how you should be able to tell. That's the, that that was a dead giveaway for me that this was not based on a true story. A, a, a rich yeah. white guy in New York can't get a cab. Fuck out of here. <laughs> During rush hour, man. How did black dude get a cab before Steve Martin? Fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, most of those are visual. I'm not going to go through the rest of them. I didn't really look at it earlier. So I don't know. I guess if you guys want to call in. 469-206-4466 or Skype in THD Podcast and uh, talk whatever you want. You want to talk this movie, that's fine. You want to talk uh, something else, we don't care. Oh, yeah. Yeah, otherwise we'll probably get out of here in a little while. I don't want to be up till fucking 3 in the morning. Yeah, uh, I guess, fuck it, since we're still on films, uh, I'm seeing in the uh, chat here, I- I'm seeing tits and Demi Moore. Mm. Yeah, she had a nice set. Mm. Maybe, maybe we should. Maybe, you want to transition to a little uh, tit talk while we wait for the uh, lives to open up? Oh shit, tit talk. Yeah, tit talk. Yeah, yeah I, I like the like the last couple past couple shows been kind of depressing with all the political. So with all the politics and the free speech and this that and the other, let's talk about tits because tits make everybody happy. Demi Moore, Hall of Fame tit. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. Hall now of let me fame. let me ask you this. It came out, they're about a year apart. In terms of her performance, because uh, I've always considered Demi Moore to be an attractive woman. Mm-hmm. Even now, you know, mm-hmm. her taste in Ashton Kutcher aside, attractive woman. Now, in terms of, uh, in terms of her, at the height of her sex appeal, it was obviously in the 90s. Would right. you consider her sexier in Disclosure in 94 or Striptease in 95? Or I think Striptease might have came out in 96, but it was in that same time frame. Either way, I, I think she was sexier in Striptease. I don't but, know, man. But I, for me... I, I, I don't know. I just like the way she was taking control in uh, Disclosure. Man. See, I it liked, was something about her in that movie with the skirts. And, see, and know. I liked how dirty she was in Striptease. Yeah, but she see, she like she was more like she was like the mom trying to do what she could do, you know, raise money for the kid and all but that. She type was of still stuff. dirty, and I kind of like a dirty chick. I've said this before. I like him a little dirty. Not like <laughs> that's why you. That's why who was the chick who was uh, busting your balls about? Was it Lindsay? Not Lindsay Lohan. Who's the other Miley Cyrus? Disaster? Yeah, I would do disgusting things to that girl. Uh, I, I, she's, dude. She's just not afraid to be her. So that, that that's what does it for you? I don't know. She's a dirty... I don't know, man. She's got that dirty, slutty kind of I'd finger my ass while we're driving down the road kind of look. And I don't mind that. You know what it is? Though? I mean, to me, you know what it is for me, though? I think it's desperation, though. What you call sexy and dirty, I call desperation with her. Because think about, I mean, think about it. That's fine. She's one of those chicks. She was like, let's be honest. She was labeled a Disney chick for like ten years of her life, and like for for the longest time, that's all people saw her as. Fucking Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, the Disney chick. The, and she was trying so fucking hard to kind of like, no, I'm grown now. See, look, I got titties, so I'm a grown woman. Listen, if she wants to, you know, be desperately sticking her finger up her ass while we're driving down the road, I have no problem with that. <laughs> the key to that is her fingers in her ass while I'm driving down the road. You see the point what I'm trying to make here? 
Yeah, I hear you. Okay. So you don't have those hangups like in other you know how like some people had some guys had a hang up with Bailey that, you know, she's too I mean, she's an attractive woman in her own way, but because of the Kim kitty gimmick, they feel kinda like I guess guilty of looking at her in a certain way. Nah. Since technically you might have been I don't know how old are you but you might have been like eighty five. You know, you might have been like in your mid sixties when and when she was still doing the Disney deal. That doesn't make you feel a little bit like I'm that dirty old bastard. <laughs> No, I'm, dirt, I'm I'm Fred Sanford. I'm a dirty old man. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Listen, now I'm only fucking with you. What, would I'm, I actually listen? I I mean, if Miley Cyrus was sitting in front of me, buck naked, I wouldn't fucking turn her down. But I'm, you know, I mean, I understand that I would have fucking no chance. But you know, I've always, I don't know, man. That's why I always look. I dated strippers, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you gotta do a show, man. Like you got strippers. Like, w- w- did you do them Scarface style? Fucking uh, <laughs> tits. <laughs> I know I would. I, not I'm really. Not my really. Game. But I mean, dude, I've, I've, I, I, I always liked kind of not. I mean, look, I'm not saying I like fucking busted up teeth and shit, but slutty, dirty, kind of that. I don't know, but not. T- I don't know, not. Dirty but not too dirty. Uh, no, well, well, dirty but not too dirty is like uh, maybe like a wife type material. Like, in other words, you want the sluts for the good times. Mm-hmm. You know, love them and leave them tight. Well, yeah, you you don't want to really do much with a slut. You just want to get what you can and move on. You really want to call them up whenever you get a fucking nice boner and you don't get a fucking chick at the bar. I mean, that's what those fucking stripper chicks were for. Holy shit. I'm leaving the bar alone. Guess what? They're just getting off work. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> they're just fucking going to find that fucking gram of coke for the night. And uh, I know she'll be DTF, if you know what I mean. DTF. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, that's what strippers were good for. You would know if, you know, you, you could call them up and... Dude, you know stripper how many, community. You don't know how many parties started at my house at two thirty in the morning with strippers. No clue. No clue. Good times, bro. Good times. Times. Yeah, we got Smark on the line. What's oh, going yeah. on, Smark? Smark. That's how you summoned me. You started the TikTok. I, I, I saw as soon as we started TikTok, you're like, "Oh, Skype's fucking loading up right now." <laughs> yeah, you look fucking. Tits are the uh, bad signal for THC. That's the, bad, <laughs> that's the bad, bad signal. Whenever you hear tit talk, that means it's time to call in. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone good with Photoshop, please Photoshop some tits in the air for us right now. It just says tit talk. Please. Anyway. So smart. You got any uh, tit talk to uh, add to the discussion here? Actually, you were just talking about Bailey a minute ago. I managed to find a way to make me feel good about that and not feel guilty. Turns out she's a year older than I am. Ah. So? Damn, Bailey, only 26? 27. Dude, she's got her sexy times. And she's got her times where I look at her and I'm like, God, she's a fucking Disney cartoon. 
Yeah, I mean, isn't that like, and some guys really like that, the whole Catholic school girl thing, to like, well, you know, pretend they're Jerry Sandusky and shit like that. The problem is she bends over to do a move, and I see that ass. Yeah. And I know she's like, Jerry Lawler's favorite wrestler. And I'm like, well, well, Paige is gone, so who else, who, who else's ass is he going to stare at? Now, I'd be staring at Alexa but Bliss. I can't, even, I can't even blame Lawler for that one. That was that ass. I'd be staring at Alexa Bliss right now if I was him, but that's just me. That yeah, girl, she seems like she would contour to his interest a little bit more. Alexa Bliss is right now my my favorite on Wreckin' Wrestling. When Eva Marie comes back, I'll I'll be fine. But, but just to, Total Divas came back Wednesday, by the way, everybody. Mm-hmm. I hope you watched. I fucking did. Oh. It basically picked up where Total Bellas left off, the fucking piece of shit show. Oh, good, thank God, because the last episode of Total Bellas was a real cliffhanger. It picked up basically right where it left off with Nikki or Bree doing the WrestleMania match. Jesus. I- I'm glad I don't want to keep up with that shit then. <laughs> I don't know. Once again, I want to say I would do dirty things to Natty too. Oh, yes. I'm, I, but I, the thing about Natty, I don't know. No, she's the so, dirty I mean, whenever she, I don't, I don't know. She would have, I would have to have, it would have to be like a little contract that I would have her sign, you know, don't say anything. Because it's like whenever she starts talking about the damn two paws and follow my cats and shit, that's like a bonus drinker for me. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> just that, stand there and look sexy. Yeah, she's a different type of dirty. She's the type of dirty that would be like doing it in cat litter. Well, there are um, some people nowadays who like to... Um, I don't know how to say this appropriately. They're like, they're, there's accessories that can be shoved into certain orifices that give you a tail. Aye, yes. <laughs> she yeah, seems yes, like somebody who this. has like a colla- like a drawer full of those, not just one. Yeah, she probably does. I could see her with a drawer full of anal tails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anal tails is, of course, the sequel to DuckTales, the wildly popular Disney cartoon. Oh, correct. <laughs> Uh, that was a nice little segue there. <laughs> of course, the spinoff to Darkwing Duck. <laughs> wait, 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 is that a beatbox? Is Duck calling? In? I'm, oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, you started bringing up the, the Darkwing Duck. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, in this movie, there's really no fucking hot chicks. What the fuck? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Um, uh, that sucks. Um, remember, what's the other chick? Her tits don't get talked about enough in wrestling. The fuck was her name? Which one? She, she used to fuck with Bob Holly. Um, in real life. Um, the, 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 the EMT chick. Oh, BB. Thank you, Barbara Bush. Yes. She, she had was, nice ones. She still does. She's still actually still pretty hot. And uh, you know who else had a nice one? She wasn't around too long. Rest in peace. She used to. Uh, she was a uh, headbanger, Mosh's girlfriend, when he was doing the he uh, the Bieber cleavage gimmick. Mm-hmm. Mariana. Yeah. She has. Woo, man. She has some nice ones. It's a deep cut right there. <laughs> what? What'd you say, so, Smart? So that's a deep cut right there. I did, I couldn't even think of that one. <laughs> a deep cut. All right, hold on, let me open this other uh, Sierra Nevada here. Let me break out the old Swiss Army knife. So smart. I know she's in your. I know uh, Taylor Hendricks. She got to be in your top. She's in your top three, right? 
Mm-hmm. I've actually, I'm too, I don't think I'm too lazy to actually pull the trigger on this, but I'd like to at one point just do a thing called Rack History Month, <gasps> where I just like evaluate and rank just like 25, maybe 30. If I'm feeling really ambitious, like 50. I don't know if I could pull 50 out though, but you know, nice little list. Do it. I love do it. it. Do it. Yeah, please do that, smart. That that that'd be a great addition to. I, I don't even give a fuck if it's this show. That 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 needs to be seen and heard. No. This show now. You've announced it this show or the Wednesday show. You have now announced it on the THT network, so Yes. It has to now be binding, yes. You're binding a couple days and I will uh, come up with it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And if you need help, we'll add to it. My fiance today was asking me, she was sitting there telling me a story about the largest breasts in the world. And the scariest thing was before she even said the girl's name, I knew it was Beeshine. You ever seen B Shine? Yeah, I've seen that. Is she just a nitro? No. B Shine is a German girl. Yeah, I think I, I don't know her by name, but I think I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was pretty. I, um, my fiance was a little worried on how I knew that so fast. Is she like that lady that goes on TV and like crushes beer cans and shit? She doesn't, but her boobs are bigger than that. Here, give me a second. I'll post these fucking. Wait a she was a porn star too, wasn't she? I think she might have done one or two. Hold on here. I'll post this giant, these old giant boobity boobs in the chat room for you. There you okay, go. Why are you doing that, smart? I mean, box. Um, t- titty's got me distracted. Um, do you think, uh, and this goes after anybody in the chat, do you think there's ever a point where titties are too big? Yes. And, and you really can't do anything with them? Like, they kind of, like, lose the enjoyment factor? Uh, click the two pictures I'm about just posting in the chat room, and you'll see exactly too big. Too goddamn big. Wait a minute, that second one's not pulling up. Yeah, it is. Oh, it pulled up her Twitter. That was stupid of me. Anyway. God damn. See, those are, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah 30, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, they're nice to look at, but I don't know. It's like, to me, titties, not to get too uh, professional, they should be kind of proportionate to your body type, and that looks just look fucking, that looks like weird. Weird as fuck to look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, this chick is uh, very odd. But, yeah, I mean, they'd be fun to look at, but what do you do with these? Besides... You know, I mean, it, the only thing these are good for is if you're stuck in the ocean, you can no, fuck that. ride you know what these are good for? Shore. If you can't make it to the gym, yeah. you can just say, hey, baby, come over here, baby. I need I need some weight training today. Uh, you could you could use them as speed bags. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could, like, send her to, like, one of those, like, starving countries. Mm-hmm. Perfect for the Feed the Children campaign. Well, it's silicone. I'm not sure what they're going to do with yeah. that. But, um... You know, uh, they're too big. I believe they're like 38 double Z or something like that. She's had them done like three times. According to the link that you provided, it's 32 triple X. Oh, triple X. How appropriate is that shit? I don't know. I know she's had them done three times. That could be a old link. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, I want to say it. I know she's probably like in her 70s now, but my God, you know who has a great pair of tits? Dolly Parton. Oh, dude, she's in a Christmas movie and they're still beautiful. 
My God. I, I mean, look, her whole career, I mean, look, yeah, she can sing a little bit, but her whole career was built around them titties. She knew it, and she ran with it, and God bless her for it. <laughs> Dude, she had to have them reduced. Now, see, for me, like, that, that you know, her size, to me, is that's probably, like, the biggest personally I could go. They were just perfect. Just perfect. Yeah, she, she was nice. But yeah, these 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 I just showed you on B Shine were just I mean those are just holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean after you fucking shove your face in them, you're like, all right, I'm uh I'm good to go later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done that. Now I'm ready to go. Um, bye. Yeah, maybe at some point, like you gotta you gotta take this woman out in the public. And it's like you can't like you can't like bring that to a dinner party. It's like no, no, she has a great personality. <laughs> we like to talk about geography together. And... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. Just imagine that conversation with mom. Like, oh yeah, yeah, mom. <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be the uh, mother to your uh, grandchildren. As dad yeah. is as dad is high fiving you in the background. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, look, look, you know, like I said, it. it Titties are great and all, but I look at, you know, it was the chick, remember when uh, Hall and Ned, they wrestled the porn stars on a night on a Nitro way back when? Yeah. And you had the one one chick with the comically big tits? Who was that? That's what, because when y'all started, I thought that's who y'all was talking about, because she's pretty, I know, I know that chick did some porn. Mm. I forgot who that was. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, go ahead, because I completely forgot. Dude. That was a long time ago, and my mind doesn't work well anymore. Uh, let me see. And on that note, one more shot of tequila. <laughs> yeah, while I'm looking at it, I'm trying to think. Uh, let me see. Tonight's this is this is random. This is I'm gonna throw an obscure one at you. Rosie Perez. Ooh, yeah. Yes, white men can't jump, indeed. Mm. And, and uh, do the right thing. Yeah. The ice scene with a pook. Oh, man. Yeah, Rosie I don't know, Perez, did you see do the right hot. thing or uh, white men can't jump smart? I, um, I've i seen sections of it. I've seen a certain, uh, I believe it was from one of those movies, there was a scene with an ice cube. That, that would be due to Jackson. Okay, so he's seen the skin, the uh, the uh, right. videos on MrSkin.com is what he's saying. I've seen the important parts. Uh, no, they're, they're good movies. I would recommend you watch them, but those are the scenes that, uh, <laughs> that, that fit this conversation. Yeah, I know which one that is. Yeah. I'm just looking at Facebook here, seeing if there's uh, anything interesting to mention. But uh, there's not. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right. I'm good. I don't know. You guys want more Tit Talk or what, man? Uh, let me see. Yeah, we got like six minutes until one thirty. We can just round that shit out. Let me do another shot then. All right. <laughs> shot is poured. Cheers well, to you, Well, shit is your gentlemen. show. I'm the one calling in. I'm not running this shit. There you go. Cheers to you, you gentlemen. You want to end this shit, end this shit. I can do six saying. more minutes. I'm good with that. That'll bring the show nice and rounded out. Let's uh, see. What is he? Uh, who? Oh, I, got, I found the uh, name. Thank you guys for uh, covering for me there. 
Her name was she was a porn star from the uh, Nitro that I was talking about with the Outsiders. Her name is Mika. Mika, and huge? she holds uh, two. <laughs> Minka or Mika? Mika. Pronunciation aside. No, no, girl spell it. Spell space. it real quick. M I N K A. Oh, it was Mika Huge. Yeah, Mika so you Huge. Know her, you know the, what I'm talking the, about. The Asian, the little Asian chick with the giant boobs. Yeah, that was. I don't. You can't even say giant. These are just like my damn. Uh, those are yeah. okay. Big fakies. I don't know. Yeah, she had the big fake tits. I remember that. Now that was Minky Huge. Yeah, I've never really been one for that. Like if you're four like if you're four seven and like seventy pounds and you have like double D it's just not good not a good look. Yeah, Minka Huge is hot, but she has no ass. <clears throat> I like this chick Bod has posted chick chick uh pictures of. Wow. Those are beautiful boobies. Oh yeah! Oh yes! And she's Ebony. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is that? Let me see if I can get a name for her. That is <laughs> Maserati. My Maserati does one eighty-five. And of course, in, in uh, stripper fashion, she has to be named after a car or fruit. Uh, Maserati, Porsche, Infinity, Lexus. You're next on main stage. Isn't my but isn't Maserati like a step up from sugar sweetness? Remember though, remember when like you would be named at the spices if you were uh, a stripper? No, your that, name was Spice. <laughs> <laughs> it was just Spice. The fuck. Or a color. No, I, I many stripper names. Though. Most of the Nitro girls had stripper names. Yeah, Porsche Ferrari. Let me have a fire and spice. Volkswagen, you're on side stage. Uh, all right. <laughs> we got Toyota. She's over there in the bar. All right. <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm trying Remember, to... fellas, if you're not paying, they're not playing. Remember, fellas, if you're not paying, we got Hugo sitting over there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe we've got a scion over there too. If you're a little broke, <laughs> maybe even a Kia. Maybe even a Kia. Guys, go over there, check it out. Kia Scion. Hey, boxer, is that one of your other one of your? Uh, I guess random factoids from uh, back in the day where you were like an announcer nah. of, of uh, strippers. Believe it or not, there weren't that many. I worked in a the, the one I was at didn't have many car names. There, there were there was a Lexus. But uh, that was it. There wasn't a Porsche. Uh, on, let me put it this way. If you went to Miami and you went to Club Rolex, every car in the world was at that club. Mm-hmm. But uh, the booby trap? No, it was like Christina, uh, you know, names like that. It, it was all no, no, no. Then if you went, you know, but yeah, you went down to like Club Rolex Roll it, yeah. The Porsche, Ferrari, Lexus, and and, and it, I guess if you go to like a, uh, if you go to a, a strip club in a, a project type spot, it'll be a Pinto, uh, <laughs> Cad- Cadillac, Pontiac, uh, <laughs> Lincoln. Uh, Cadillac, Cadillac would be an upgrade. Yeah, Lincoln. There's, there's always a Lincoln. <laughs> Coming up next is Pinto. She'll make you explode. Ooh. Coming up next is Cutlass. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
So, yeah. I guess, <laughs> speaking of, I guess, big fake ticks, uh, what do you guys stand on uh, Deborah? I'd hit it. Ha 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 ha. Shout out to for the working man. What? What? You mean a hitting man? Where's Dinner? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you don't I, like Dinner? What? She. Because I mean, honestly, I mean, like, outside of the. T- I mean, look, t- her face was always kind of like, eh, to me. Yeah. But she had a nice body, obviously. She I did. I feel bad for her because, like, like, you just said her face. Like, she looked like she was 40 when she was 20. Yeah, like yeah, and and I'm like, this not even a racial thing. White women just age extremely fast. <laughs> See, I always thought Lita was one of the hotter ones back then, and some people disagree with me, but I, I, I liked Lita back then, dude. She's still hot. I mean, but to me, I it wasn't so. until she kind of like came until like the shit with uh, Edge came out. That's when she just started looking mm, extra no. hot to me. I liked her back in the where the thong sticking out of the pants, kind of like that, uh, like the tomboy stage, that man? tomboy kind of rogue. I don't know what you call those, like military style roguish chicks. I love those kind of girls. That so what was like it? The, was it every, everything? The red hair, the tattoo. It's the. the I love that. Like like cargo pants halter top look like you said earlier kind of a little bit dirty a little dirty like yeah you just look like she would do some shit like maybe she just you know welded something together or you know fixed a transmission or something yeah 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 i will say before we wrap this up (laughs) start talking about older women (laughs) At what age, do you think there's an age or a stage in your life where you kind of have to knock that shit off when it comes to, like, dressing like you're a trampy 20-year-old? Because I was just seeing earlier today, there was, like, there's a new Britney Spears video out, and it's, like, this steamy, hot Britney Spears video. She's, like, doing a song with some girl who's, like, half her age and shit. Like, she wasn't born when when Britney Spears' first shit came out. (laughs) And it's like, okay, at some point, it's like, bitch, you are in your 40s. You have, like, three kids. It's time to knock that shit off. Like, start wearing dresses. You don't need to be wearing booty shorts. You don't have one anyway. Knock that shit off. (laughs) Trading the booty shorts for the PTA meetings, you mean, smart? Something. Like, just wear a goddamn dress. Fucking be appropriate. I disagree. If you got it, uh, show I mean, that you can shit. still be sexy and be appropriate for your age. Nah, look, if you still got it, show it. If you and still got a good, listen, you still got a great pair of fucking boobs, show them bitches off. You still got a great ass and you're 50 years old, show that motherfucker off, baby. See, I'm not even saying don't show it off. I'm just saying that you have to display it in a more appropriate way that fits Something that four or stage. I, I know what you're saying. So I know what you're like, saying. It, like, for example, perfect example is like Susan Sarandon. Like, she is in her goddamn 70s and she still looks good because she makes the right choices. This is what yoga pants are for, in my opinion. <laughs> like, if she showed up wearing like a fucking, like one of those like, like little fucking belly shirts and like booty shorts, it'd be like, ugh, go away. <laughs> like, you make the right choices and you, you get the desired result. So if she showed up in a sensible evening gown, all covered up, you'd be like, "Yeah, I want that shit." Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta do it right. What? You're someone's when you're someone's mother, it's time to retire the booty shorts. Listen, if you're someone's mother and you come to me and you've got like latex on, I'm gonna fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I don't care. I don't care whose mama you are. <laughs> 
I mean, if you come up to me, I'm fucking sitting here in latex. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck you. Yeah. You're getting fucked tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, thank God my fiance is asleep, but you know that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> or so you think. Well, you know, I mean, that's what's gonna be on my mind. How's that? <laughs> that's what's gonna be on my mind, at least. Yes. I mean, I remember, I was at this. All right, I met this girl on the internet when I was like 20-something years old. What was her name? I don't remember her last name, but her name was Jennifer something. I go to her house, and she starts talking to me about how, you know, oh, I've got a boyfriend, blah, 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 this and that. And then she's like, oh, I want to show you something. This bitch comes out in a pair of fucking latex fucking like rubber shorts and a fucking leather top. And I'm like, I thought you said you had a boyfriend. She's like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to show you. My like, bitch, what the fuck you think I'm thinking right now? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I actually am in line with this. That, that I will tell a story. Um, I was in the courting process, because I'm a gentleman, I court. I was in the courting process. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's 1933 suddenly. That's right, it's 20, 23 Skadoo. Ooh, 23 Skadoo, look at the gams on that one. What do you say there, Bugsy? That's about it. a little harlot. The dame was a real looker. For this all round out the story like this, she called me one day. Get back in there, you dizzy broad. Jesus Christ. Put your mattress in the kitchen. Huh? So, anyways, <laughs> we're reviewing "I Love Lucy" next week, folks. <laughs> oh, you stupid cunt! Okay, go ahead. All right, the ever progressive podcast that we are. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so this girl calls me, and like, I we've been dating, and like, she knows I want to fuck her, and we're we're about to get there. She calls me and tells me that she's blowing, that she was blowing this dude, and she threw up on him. And I'm like, why the fuck would you tell me this story? Because it's like, I can't even, like, think about this later. Because it's like, it's not a pleasant thing that happened. And it's like, what did you think you were going to accomplish with this story? Well, I mean, there's only one thing to... uh, uh, Hold on. There's only one real thing that would be accomplished with a story like that. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much... (laughs) Because it's like I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to keep pursuing. I'm not like, you know, if you if you you're lacking certain skills. Yeah, yeah. I, was... I stopped. <laughs> I stopped dealing with a chick when I found when I when I uh, observed she didn't wash her hands after doing certain things. I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, I'm like, if you're not washing your hands after you didn't just fucking wipe your ass, you're probably not the cleanliest of person. So I'm like, yeah, I can't fuck with you. So continue, Mark. I'm sorry. No, no, I mean, that's basically the end of the story. I'm just mad that I didn't, like, break out my list of questions that I had while this conversation was going on. Because it's like, all right, do you continue? Do you clean up first and then continue? Yeah, that's definitely a dip. That that is a dip and sniffer. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Is that that an appropriate time for a you fucked up, Chan? I mean, what's going on? (laughs) I actually knew a girl who did the same thing, was blowing a guy, threw up on him. I mean, I let her blow me. I ain't lying. I did. 
Did he I at least did. make a gargle first? Shit. Well, no, it wasn't the same night. Oh, and that's another question: is like, was it the, was it too big? Was it did it taste bad? Like, there, there's a lot of factors. Like, there there, there needed to be a mis- an investigation. Well, <laughs> my, you need my, to get fucking Dan Rather on the, the line. Well, the excuse I got out. was she's like, I ate lobster and it just didn't agree with me. <laughs> so I'm like, well, all right, when was that? She's like, oh, that was Friday. I'm like, well, check, t- try this dick out, see if you puke from it. Go ahead, bitch. All right, <laughs> so. <laughs> See that's that's the type of humanitarian you are. You you know you helped. Absolutely. Look, I wouldn't want I I wouldn't want her to fear puking again with someone she wasn't comfortable with. You know what I mean? So you know I I I I, I was a friend, and what do friends do? They you know they offer their cock. That's that's what I did to the, for this girl. And uh, it worked fine. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so um, just to kind of pass along the information in the chat, I believe there's a Shaheen that says, did Anthony watch the kid not wipe her? At- uh, God damn it, the chat fucking went. Okay. Did Anthony watch the kid not wipe her ass or what exactly happened? You need to elaborate, sir. You can't just pass on that like that. Were you in the bathroom watching her shit? I need answers now. Ah, uh, Dan Rather, this motherfucker. We do yes. need answers now. He's, Bodzilla uh, is now journalism. This shit. Bodzilla is uh, now. Uh, uh, not, no, I was not in the bathroom. I did not watch that woman shit. No, <laughs> wasn't nothing like that. But no, we were chilling at the house, and you know, obviously, you know, you you know, you hear toilet flush. Boom, boom, I'm waiting in the living room. The bath. It was like a small studio type apartment, so obviously everything's pretty much within hearing distance of everything. And it's like, you know, you're sitting in the living room, just reading, flipping through, waiting for her to finish up, doing whatever she's doing. And you hear the toilet flush, dude, but you don't hear no water run. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, and I'm like, eh. Okay, all right, so just to clarify, he did not go in the bathroom. No, yeah, no, no, I, I didn't hold. I, I didn't wipe for <laughs> If that's what you were getting to, no, I didn't do all that. Oh, I mean, obviously, if you wiped for her, you would have said, don't forget to wash your hands. You know, obviously, <laughs> that's what your job would have been at that point. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. This show's going. No, no, but then I'm Turn the water oh, on for her. You, you yeah, know, you, you turn a little the water bit of baby powder on, on there. It's right. day. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. That, that's just that. I don't know about you. That's always just like a pet peeve of mine, like. I, I judge people like when you're in the men's room, you see people like just fucking piss and just walk the fuck out. Yeah, I'm judging you. Oh, I've if you're one of those dudes, I, I'm sorry, I judge the shit you out know, of you. The more yeah. I think about this story, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Because like, what do you do? Are you sucking on her fingers and shit? Like, is that? I don't want to get too deep into your routine, but <laughs> really no, 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 If no. you have like, you know, <laughs> you get a little. No, of it's not even that. But just think about it like this. That's like a very basic rule of cleanliness. If people can't follow that basic rule. What else are they not being like? What what else are they slipping on? It's kind of like Eddie Murphy and Boomerang with the feet thing. Like, if a woman don't take care of her feet, what else is she not taking care of? Which, yes, that is a philosophy I live by. I think I've expressed this before. That's mm. a uh, area of expertise for me. But what I was saying, I forgot what I was going That's why you just go on a hunger strike. <laughs> You're like, look, nope. Tongue ain't going there. Uh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll soften my stance on that. <laughs> you just got you got to figure out a way to make it work. You know, I mean, there's there's kids in Africa that aren't fucking right now. 
<laughs> Ironically enough, the Africans show their tits more than anybody. I remember, like, and I mind you, I went to a fucking Catholic school growing up. But I was, you know, remember the National Geographic books? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I would always. <laughs> yeah. That was the original BET uncut. Yeah. Stereotypical. Jacking <laughs> off to fucking Bush women. God I feel damn like it, this Anthony. is like a real tightrope <laughs> for me and Box. Fucking elaborate, Box. Bush women. Fucking Anthony jacking off to God yeah, but the, the 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 token black guy on the show jerking off to token black women in National Geographic. How's that for stereotypical, motherfucker? Yes, fucking, <laughs> I went there. Damn it! But I, I, actually, we were talking about tits. I, I'm going to actually, take it I went further. there. But anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna take it a little bit further. Uh, Box, you saw Players Club, right? Uh huh. Oh, Lisa Ray. I still love that fucking woman. I still do. <laughs> You know who Lisa Ray is, right, Smart? Oh, I believe so. Yes. Look her up. Hall of Fame, everything. Tits, the whole nine. Dude, that's speaking of with the last name Ray. Watch like on uh, another fucking hot as hell chick. Watch uh, Blue Bloods. Jamie's partner Vanessa Ray. Ah, that girl is hot, 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 hot. But, uh, yeah, man, there's just... Here, let me get a picture of Vanessa Ray. Let me get a smoking hot one of her. There we go. Fucking all of them are. There we go. That's a good one. Ah. There we go. Right there, guys, in the chat room for you. Now, uh, Box, because I was actually getting into a little discussion. I don't even know how it came up. We were just talking about a uh, similar to Tid Talk, what we're doing now. Uh, Lorraine Bracco came up. Remember the scene in Goodfellas where she was uh, sitting on top of him with the gun? Mm-hmm. And then he kind of just flipped, you know, he just flipped out the bed. Don't you? And you see that little scene when she's on the ground and upper thighs and all like, all of her shit is just exposed. Where do you put Lorraine Bracco? Because I've always thought she was underrated in her uh, hotness because, you know, obviously she was a model pre-acting. I don't think she's that hot, and I... Also, her voice would immediately make me lose my boner. <laughs> she don't have to talk. <laughs> she would have to rectify that. I would have locations. to. Yeah, she would have to have the fucking red red gag ball in for me to do something. But I don't really think she's that hot. I mean, to me, it would be like banging Penny Marshall. Well, who doesn't want to do that? Penny Marshall. Oh, that, that was uh, Shirley or Laverne. Either one. But uh, uh, who doesn't want to do that? Anyone who has. Ask Sam Kinison. That might be why he died. He may have killed himself thinking about Penny Marshall's fucking pussy. I actually fucked that. Oh, oh Bodzilla. Are you trying to get us to make a Jane Fonda reference? The 80s workout videos? Hey, Jane Fonda was high, and her daughter, fucking Bridget Fonda, is sexy as hell. Oh, yeah. Didn't uh, didn't Bridget Fonda and uh, Schwarzenegger have a thing going on for a minute? I don't think so. I just know that scene where she's banging, uh, what's his name, and the, uh, De Niro and Jackie Brown is wonderful ass on her. Oh, yes. Oh, oh! No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of never. I'm thinking of Bridget, Bridget Nelson. 
Bridget Flat. Yeah, two different. Oh, Bridget Nielsen. Oh, that's Flavor Flav's woman. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I just had a funny ass thought. You brought up Flavor Flav. I brought up Flavor Flav. I, I watched brought up that whole Flav. relationship blossom on uh, Surreal Life. How funny is it? The picture, like a hype man fucking somebody. Like, so does Flav? Does he? Does he cut promos on himself to hype himself up? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's in there. Yeah, boy. <laughs> like, like when it, when it, when he feel himself starting to lose it a little bit, does he have like, yeah, boy, you can do this. Like, he gotta get, you gotta give himself a pep talk. I don't know, but I gotta tell you, dude, that was fucking. Oh, that, seeing them in concert was great, but uh, they are Public Enemy was awesome in concert. But yeah, Flavor Flav, that that that, I saw that whole. Bridget Nielsen thing go down on uh, Surreal Life when I was watching it. That was a hell of a show, dude. The first couple seasons were real fucking good. Yeah. Damn. A lot of those shows, like, I like Crash TV. Like, I want, you know, I'm guilty. I loved the Jersey Shore the first, like, couple years of it. I, thought, I mean, look, it was Crash TV, it was Every dumb, year. mindless comedy, but I loved it. Every year was good, but that show just kept getting better. The year they went to Italy, when the situation didn't realize that they made the walls in Italy out of fucking concrete instead of fucking drywall. He runs his head into the wall, knocks himself unconscious, had to go to the hospital. Good stuff like that, dude. Now, out of the Good. chicks, who like who who is uh, the most fuckable to you, gentlemen, on that show? Mm-hmm. On, on that show, Jay. Wow. Actually, I'm gonna play. Or Sammy. I, I don't remember that. That I never really saw that show. Well, there was Snooky, who is looking very good right now. I will say she lost weight, had a child, got grown up, and looks very good. There was Sammy, who yeah. is seriously hot, and there was that- the the one girl who left. Angelina. Angelina. Angelina brought in. Uh, Snooky's friend Dina, who was not hot. But then there was Jay Wow. She was, I mean, big fake fucking tits. I mean, if I, if I think I think if I had to go with anything, I think I would just like just shoot up the needle and just get the syphilis that way. <laughs> like that that way I could at least try heroin at the same time. Yeah, I'll give you a I'll give you a sexy Jay Wow pick here. Let me find one here. Snooky would be like like be like a midget fantasy. Snooky yeah. looks good right now, dude. If I typed in here, I'll show you here. Let me give you a good J Wow pick here. <laughs> she has her own fucking podcast. She has her own. Fucking... Who Snooky? Yeah, Snooky has her own. Stop! Fucking stop lying. Everything. No, I'm not lying. I'm not lying at all. She was on the uh, fucking the podcast one network of shows. Nothing but quality. Yeah, that's see. when I knew that they, they they were not going to be good for podcasting as a whole. Snooky, <laughs> 2016 images. She's looking. She. Looks like she got some work done on her mouth, which she can chill with the Botox. But uh, here we go. Here's a picture of her and her. Uh... Oh, that's Wow. Wow, yeah, she is yeah, looking good. Wow is sexy. Snooky's looking good. She needs to chill with the uh, makeup. But uh, here we go. There we go. Yeah, Snooky looks different, but she needs to chill with the Botox, dude. Oh, I'm disappointed with the boob job. Oh, she got a reduction? No, she never had the big boobs. 
She was a lot heavier. I think she had uh, a little bit. Maybe of, that's what it was. I think she had yeah. some fat tit going, and then she lost all the weight. But <laughs> I would, uh, I would do that. Now, if you want to get really politically incorrect, though, that's the worst. What fat tit? Yes, where like the nipple looks like it's sad, like it's going uh, through some shit. It's just hiding like a turtle. She had some chubby tit going, but she, she you know, no big deal. I'm just talking about in general. Like, yeah. you see that shit where they have to, like, hold it up and, like, bend backwards and fucking angle and position it and shit. So you can see nipple. Like, it's, just, it's terrible. It's a bad <laughs> time. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah, but out of all, I mean, Snooki still looks good, but Wow and Sammy. There, I'll get you a picture of a Sammy Sweetheart. I yes, believe was her name. Good. Sammy Sweet. There it is. Sammy Sweetheart. She was with the the crazy Ronnie dude. Here, I'll give you one of Sammy and Ronnie. Oh, Sammy. Boy. <laughs> Meanwhile, this dude knocked out people on the show. Sammy's pretty hot, but no, that's not a good picture. She looks, she's hotter than that. Now, and, and once again, to illustrate the differences between the two companies, I mean, obviously, uh, fucking uh, Snooki was the, uh, a, she was the one you remember from that show, her in the situation. That's the one WWE got, and then fucking uh, TNA gets the B players. Fucking Ronnie and Angelina and and Jay Wow, Jay yeah. But I, I like Jay Wow, so I can't really put her in that little category. But it, it's just funny to me. <laughs> we can get Ronnie. Well, see if, I, if I'm gonna get in trouble for what I'm saying, I'm gonna bring additional people in here. Bod says, of course, what makes me sad is a chubby chick with small tits, just not right. <laughs> I agree. I agree with him. It's, it's like, what's the point? Come on, come on, Smart. You need to do uh for the show. Um, in addition to the uh, tit research you're gonna be doing, you should do a. That ain't right. You got to do a Chris Rock. <laughs> you got to throw a Chris Rock in there. That ain't right. That shit ain't right. <laughs> there, there's plenty of things I could go on for that. Huh. Oh, I guess for while we got you on the line, Smart. Um, I actually didn't catch a busy week, but uh, did you catch the uh Saturday Night Live with uh, Dave Chappelle last week? Any thoughts I- on? Yeah, I did. I did. I think it it's in, it speaks to the quality of the cast around him when the best kid is just in the Dave Chappelle playing five different characters and no one else. Yes. <laughs> the best skit was that Walking Dead and Dave Chappelle bringing back all his characters. The I didn't I, those people are that first skit the show started with was uncomfortably oh bad. Yeah, that that was one of those things where it's like, it just shows you how pretentious people can be. Because yeah. it wasn't funny or interesting in any way, but everyone was like, oh, it's brilliant. You don't understand. It It, it really it captured the vibe, of the, the culture, the climate of today's society. And it's just blah. No, it was horrible. It, it was, was a not, bunch of bullshit. Yeah, that girl singing the song. The song was shit. Even the I trust me, I know you had to listen to the words. I did listen to the words. I had fucking headphones on. It was sucked. Yeah. Comedy has has such handcuffs on it right now. It yeah, really and- does. That these people are like afraid to pull triggers to do anything. Dave Chappelle was just like, Fuck it. What are they gonna do? Kick me off TV again. I'm rich. Bitch. Bitch, I don't give a fuck. He still doesn't give a fuck. You can tell. 
Yeah, and I guarantee you, like you know, obviously we we won't have we don't have access to like the business deals and the meetings, but I guarantee you, he probably had it written into the contracts where, look, if you guys want me on the show, I gotta be Dave Chappelle. It's kind of like years ago, Howard Stern basically said Chris Rock works because he's allowed to be Chris Rock. Uh You couldn't you couldn't put Chris Rock on uh, network television and have it have it be the same. Speaking of which, Chris Rock made a cameo in that episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! Yeah, I got, dang, I gotta find a time to check this shit out. He did. Chris Rock did make a cameo. That was that. That skit was funny, but again, who made it funny? Chappelle and Chris Rock, right? So yeah, I agree. The 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 cast. I will. I I didn't like start watching it again, but I'll I watch that one. I oh, I actually I watch it. It's like it's got high points, it's got low points, but yeah, there, there's a lot of handcuffing going on. You can't. There's a lot of things that you can't do. And nowadays, there's a lot of it is like, it's so focused on making a bigger point, being a social commentary. It's like, be funny first, and then figure out a way to work it around that. Yeah, now the two guys doing the news are pretty funny. I'll give, it, I'll give them that. I'm not going to yeah. take it away. Especially when he fucked up and kept bringing up that he fucked up. That was good. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he completely fucked that joke up. But it was good that he kept bringing it up because... It actually made the joke funnier. Yeah. And it shows that he got, apparently, I haven't seen it, but it seems like he just has a good sense of humor about those type of things where he's not so pretentious where it's just like, oh, I fucked up, so, man, I'm just going to act above it all. It's like, I fucked up. Yeah, and and, and that wasn't Dave Chappelle doing it, but it was someone else. And the other guy just, those two looked like they were actually having fun doing what they were doing. Yeah. Everyone else just looked like they were trying to get their you know, their joke across. Get their spots in, brother. Yeah, get their shit in, man. Everybody got to get their shit in. Everybody just wanted to get their shit in, bro, and fucking sucked, man. But, uh, all right. What do you guys say? Out of here? Out of beer, out of here? I have one more sip left. Yeah. Seems like we covered all of the high points, low points. Well, since we're talking about... some people uh, off... Since we're talking about Dave Chappelle, we'll, uh, we'll outro to uh, Piss on You by Dave Chappelle. Nice. Yeah, we will. i got it playing in the background. You can't hear it, but uh, everyone else can. <laughs> so Feel free yeah. to sing along at home. Feel free to sing along, everybody at home listening, everybody who listens on the downloads. You know this song. Sing it. Come on, Porsche, Mercedes, Ferrari. Sing that song. Anyway. Uh, THT Movie Review, that's all you gotta look up. Find us on Twitter, find us on YouTube, find us on Facebook, find us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, anywhere you'll find great podcasts. Uh, Including uh, this one. Including (laughs) this one. And of course, THT Wrestling Podcast on Wednesday nights. Uh, right here on Mixer.com slash THD Podcast. Join the chat anytime and come on in when we're live. And uh, Anthony, what do you got? What do you want to say? Uh, piss on the one you love. See you That's next it. week. Smart? Tits out for Harambe. <laughs> Fucker, you stepped on. <laughs> oh my god. How is the caller going to fucking outshine the host right now? God. But anyway... God damn. Thanks for calling it smart. Good times. See you folks next week. You know what? Fucking shoot the gorillas. Later, people. We're out of here. Bye.
That was a joke. That was a complete joke. I didn't mean shoot. I mean hug him, hug him, kiss him, and and we apologize. And, we don't and snap their apologize. Dicks out for Harambe people. Good night. Hey. 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 Hey.